Hey guys, welcome back inside the Crazy Ant Farm. Oh man, we got the one and only James Dumont coming on the show. Tracksuit Charlie himself. Yes, third time, man. Yeah. Third time back inside the farm and uh, I'm excited about this one because he's always got something to say. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> he's got a lot to say. <laughs> he does and you never know what it's going to be. No. So, you know, you, do, you guys don't want to miss this interview because you'll miss something for sure. Yeah, exactly, exactly. This guy is so full of knowledge and just passion for this industry which is just amazing for the up-and-comers to hear. I'm so excited for everybody to hear that. But that is later on in the show. And now, let's get a little crazy. Yeah. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Inside the Crazy Ant Farm. Holy moly, we're on episode 110. No O in front no of it o. anymore. 110, no man. Oh my gosh. Can Super you believe crazy. It? Super crazy. I mean, that, just that many episodes. I can't even. I, I, it's wild. It's it is. wild. It is absolutely crazy that we have been doing it for this long and, uh, you know, and still having as much fun as we're having. Yeah. You know, and, and I just, I, I look forward to it every week. I yeah. know we talk about it all the time, but it, it is like the best day of the week when we get together and do this stuff. And, exactly. Uh, man, so much fun. I know. It's awesome, man. It's awesome. But we got a lot of amazing things to talk about before that. Of course, got to introduce your host with the most, myself, JLo Fantastic, and the one and only Mouth. What's up? Yes. And of course, there's a lot of stuff going down in Hollywood that is not related to COVID-19. So we're super excited to talk yes. about all that it's almost like a regular scheduled programming almost, like, almost. I, there's a lot of good stuff to talk about <laughs> that does not have to do with the virus so we're super excited about that but you know before we get this thing started we got to plug our merchandise website crazyantmedia.com where you can rock the latest and greatest crazy ant media gear be sure to head over to our website and get some amazing stuff like this hat his shirt Yes. And of course, you know, since I'm not wearing it today, you can get some great quality products, guys. Some great quality products. Just head over there. Great price and fast shipping. So thank you, everyone, who has bought a Crazy Ant Media Gear item. We appreciate all of you. But yeah, man, it's really good shit. So be sure to head over there. And if you want (laughs) boxers, be sure to email us. Yes. CrazyAntMedia at gmail.com because... We have the inside scoop and the inside price. So, That's true. That's <laughs> true. A lot of good shit on there, but we appreciate everybody who has. Uh, but let's get started with this thing, man. We got a lot to talk about. We got a lot of plow through. Oh, my goodness. And yeah. I mean, of course, bigger than the mouse house. So we freaking idolize them. So we always start the show <laughs> with Disney. Yes. Yes. And I'm happy about this one because uh, for for a couple of <laughs> reasons, we'll keep the financials to itself. But uh, yeah, the shares are back on the rise. Yeah. Um. So I'm super excited about that. And they've quickly, they quickly, guys, put you know to rest Netflix being more valuable than them. Yeah. All right. It was a nice little couple day stretch. Netflix, Reed and Ted, congratulations. But it's over. Okay. <laughs> the mouse has reclaimed the spot. Yeah. Don't get too excited. All yeah. right. Now th- that's because obviously everything has been kind of shut down. You know, we're ta- we're talking about no live sports, right? No cruise ships going out. No movies being made. ESPN and ABC aren't showing, you know, any of the sporting events that they're normally yeah. showing and everything. The theme parks are closed down. Guys, they took a hit, man. And and they were, you know, feeling it in, yeah. in the stock price and things. But like we talked about on the show last week, Iger is back. 
Yep. He's getting shit together. He's making some moves. He's taking care of some stuff. And I think the Wall Street saw that move and was confident. Yeah. You know, showed some confidence in what was going on. And we saw a little rebound. They've had some really good announcements. And we're going to be talking about those for Disney Plus. Definitely. Which kind of helped surge. And then, of course, we're also going to be talking about um, Georgia, you know, in the movie theaters. So that news helped on Wall Street. The fact that maybe they should be, you know, getting some films back out there soon. So all of that played into the stock price going up yeah so good for disney yeah what, what mean, is uh Iger's official title again now uh, it's executive chairman executive chair executive chairman interesting i see normally just chairman of the board right right but i think they put that executive in front of it because he's actually running things yeah. so they don't want to confuse him with bob chapik little bob little bob for ceo chief executive officer See, executive. Yeah. So they put that executive chairman in front of Big Bob because Big Bob is still running stuff now so instead of Little Bob. Is everybody confused? Big Bob, Little Bob. <laughs> Big Bob Iger, Little Bob Chappick. Yes. Little Bob Chappick. That sounds like a bad country yeah, song. Right. I don't even know where I'm going with that. But anyway, congratulations, Disney. Back on top, doing what they got to do. And we got a lot of stuff to talk about, like I said, because a yeah. lot of big announcements, which I'm sure played into that stock going back up. So. Yeah, seriously, seriously. But not a lot of shit talking. Uh, oh, <laughs> that did not play in part with the stock going back up. No, but uh, Abigail no. Disney, she is the granddaughter of Roy O. Disney, who co-founded the company with his younger vote. Younger brother Walt. Now, who's uh, that Walt guy? What? Uh-huh. Walt what? Disney is the mastermind behind <laughs> yes. all of this. It all started with his mouse. Exactly, exactly. But she was uh she talked some shit over Twitter the past couple of days. I mean, a twenty-five long thread tweet just dogging the furloughs and everything that Disney has to do right now to stay afloat, yeah. which is crazy. Yeah, I mean, she she's getting all shitty about um, you know, all the em- uh, employees. Like you said, getting ready to be furloughed. 10,000 in the executives, and then uh, there's 45,000 that they let go from marketing. And now yeah. I guess they're getting ready to hit another wave of frontline workers at the theme parks. But, guys, we just talked about it. All of their stuff is shuttered right now. Like, yeah. like literally minimal at best revenue coming in. You have to do what you have to do exactly. to have the company survive. Her claim is is this $1.5 billion. And now she's shitty because she went back after because the first quarter and it showed that there were $1.5 billion in executive bonuses yeah. that were paid out. Okay, but that $1.5 billion in executive bonuses – were bonuses based on performance from before COVID hit. Exactly. Okay, that's money that they earned prior to the current situation that they're in. It's just being paid out right now. And she's all like, well, that $1.5 billion could be better. To, it could pay for three months' salary for the Disney Park employees. That's true. But a lot of these executives have already taken pay cuts and or eliminated their salaries altogether. And if you haven't noticed, Abigail, a lot of them have been donating money and or setting up funds to take care of these employees who aren't being paid exactly. right now. But you can't not furlough the employees. You can't not cut off the bleeding. I mean, if you're if you're gashing blood out from a giant wound and you don't like cover that up and take care of it, you're going to die. That's exactly. what would happen to Disney if they don't do what they have to do. So do you want the legacy of your of you know your relatives you, you know, your grandfather and Walt to disappear because you were too bitchy? 
Like, I'm sorry you got, like, I don't know. I'm, I'm just, I'm venting here. But yeah, I go feel on like, a little rant. <laughs> I just feel like it's ridiculous. You know, you're rich too, by the way. Yeah, Why don't exactly. you donate a lot of your Disney money to pay for all of those employees? I don't see you coughing up any of yours. Well, the thing is, she's never been a fan of Iger and his administration. So this is by no surprise, yeah. in my opinion. She, she didn't think that he deserved to be paid as much as he is. But, I mean, we see that he is by far, in my opinion, the most evolutionary CEO that Disney has ever seen and so since Walt obviously but I mean this man deserves everything that he has had coming to him so she just she's just bitter and this has been a long time thing I mean she wasn't a fan of Eisner either you know and by the way Eisner saved Disney hello I mean she wasn't a fan of him either exactly like I mean but again I want to reiterate she is still getting Disney money exactly so like Chill out, bitch. Exactly. No, I'm just, <laughs> just, <laughs> sorry. All right, all right. Mickey, get out. Right, Shut Exactly. Woo. Okay. Yeah, all right. Done with, yes, done, yeah, yeah. done with Abigail. Yeah. Done with Abigail. Oh my goodness. But uh, some exciting things. Season two of The Mandalorian. We talked about the documentary series. Gonna yes. hit May the fourth. Uh, doesn't debut until October, but pre-production has already begun on season three, yeah. guys. How badass is this? So this one's going to be pumping out. I mean, when Solo's Star Wars story hit and they saw kind of the flop on that one, some executives did say that the future of Star Wars is on streaming and an episodic series side of things. So this makes complete sense that they're just trying to pump these out because, I mean, I think it's better told in a long game type of situation. Agreed. They have more time to build the character development and tell a lot more story like this. Well, and that's evident just in the fact that the Skywalker saga was nine films. Yeah, exactly. Nine films. I mean, it's definitely, I agree with you wholeheartedly. I think it is more attuned to an episodic, long time frame kind of storytelling. And, um, I mean, Favreau apparently has been writing the season three for quite a while yeah. now. They went to the d- design team just this week, started going with the designs and yeah. everything. So I'm su- – and, man, it couldn't play out better, right? Like, like you said, Star Wars Day, May 4th, they're doing the documentary, which will roll right into the rollout of season two. And now we know season three is coming. All of that had to have pumped Disney stock oh, yeah, up a little sure. bit, man. For sure. And I feel like this man Favreau is just always working. He's either always doing something on that creative side of things, and then when he's just chilling, he's also making the the chef show. Yes, he's cooking. Like, he's cooking. Exactly. So this man is like crazy busy. It's amazing that he still has a home life he's like, definitely my my like i know yours is seth mcfarland my, mine is favreau yeah he, he's just my go-to guy i'm even cooking yeah exactly. like, like i have reinvigorated my my joy in cooking now it's a passion for cooking because of john favreau yes I'm like no i want to direct and cook yes <laughs> thank you john favreau uh, it's all because <laughs> the of guy is so inspiring he is. it's bob Iger on the business side on the creative side john favreau Definitely. i mean you know come it, on now. it makes sense man it, it makes does. sense and i mean we were talking about it disney has announced another star wars series in yes. the works at disney plus now we don't know a lot about it but mm-hmm. we know that the series hails from uh leslie headland the co-creator and showrunner and executive producer from russian doll that was yeah. a huge hit and like 
Emmy winning hit series that was for Netflix. So I'm, it's going to be good. It's going to be good. It's going to be female eccentric, uh, female centric uh, series. So it I'm might excited. be eccentric too. You, you never, never know. know. Well, never I tell know. you what, I wonder. So the question would be: Was will we see Natasha Leone right like show up in it? Yeah. Then it would definitely be eccentric and centric. Exactly. I mean, because she's she. But I love her. Yeah. So and if it's being done by the same people, I mean, it yeah. Would I mean, question. we've been seeing a lot of huge people pop up in the Star Wars series. Like with the Mandalorian, we saw um, Bill Burr pop up, comedian. Yeah. He was also on the chef show. So I'm guessing that played a big role in it. Them talking and they're like, hey, I think I have a part for you on the Mandalorian. Right. Uh, but yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised at all. I feel like Star Wars is where it's at and they're keeping – like this franchise alive, right. basically. Now, and this is set like in a different time frame. Yeah, nobody's so, ever seen this time frame or this timeline before. Right. So, I mean, I'm interested to see what is going to be like pre like Luke in the Rogue One because we know we're talking about that possibly a Rogue Run uh, franchise is coming as well, right, or right. a Rogue One series or movie franchise. So it's going to be crazy, man. It is, but I'm all for it. Yeah. Like Star Wars, Star Wars, Star Wars. Give it to me as much as you want to give it to me exactly. on Disney Plus, man. Exactly. It's worth it. It is. And w- again, I want to reiterate, we haven't even gotten to the Marvel shit popping yeah, up. Exactly. All the Star Wars stuff is worth the 10 bucks a month it's for Disney it. Plus. It's but <laughs> you it. throw in Marvel in a few months and like, fuck it, just take my paycheck, take it everything, take yeah. it all. Started the good. Clone Wars. That one's pretty yeah. epic yeah. too, man. Like it's telling little stories throughout the Clone Wars. And I mean, just to get to know uh, Anakin a little bit more before he became Darth Vader because it was right before uh, Phantom Menace before right, he went right. to the dark side and like Palpatine's in it and he's still playing like he's a good guy so it's a really good series and Rosario so, yeah. Dawson's live action character is also in it she's gonna be like well, you she's know. gonna be popping up in the Mandalorian. She's exactly. gonna be playing a scow, uh, a scourge. I forget her name. I've been trying to memorize it, but I keep forgetting. We know I'm bad with memory and bad with names, but okay. yeah, she's gonna be in the Mandalorian, uh, based off the popular character that's in the Clone Wars. Right. So, so that's gonna be epic. Yeah, I'm super excited. But a lot of other things happening at Disney. They're set. The streaming only premiere date because of all this shit that's happening. Yep. Uh, Artemis Fowl, a lot of promotion has been happening over the past year, honestly. I've been seeing this like uh, poster with the eyes. It looks like big old bug eyes uh, for this sci fi fantasy live action thing going on here at Disney Plus. Uh, yeah. And this one was supposed to be, they were like really on this one for yeah. a big theatrical like blockbuster at the, at the box office. They really had a lot of confidence going in with this yeah. one. Unfortunately, it's never going to see the light of day at the box office. Yeah, exactly. You know. I think think when you're taking a shot in the dark, which I think this one might be. Agreed. It kind of reminded me a lot of a series of unfortunate events. Mm -hmm. So I feel like if you're taking a shot like that, it might as well go on the streaming platform rather than push all that marketing for the theatrical release and all that. So I think this is good for Disney+. Plus. It's a good original content piece for disney plus and i mean that's the thing that's booming right now especially during this time so stick towards the streaming service honestly yeah i mean you know it's it's a safer bet agreed you know so i don't know this next one is like really crazy to me and i'm wondering if the voice is going to follow suit or not or whatever but as you guys know you know, everybody's quarantined, stay at home, you know, kind of thing. So what do you do with these live, you know, reality show singing shows, right? Yeah. The competition. Well, when American Idol returns, guys, they're doing it from home. Interesting. What? Yeah, yeah. From, from 40 different locations. But basically, 
your top, you know, your top people, your top ten and stuff, they're gonna do their their live performances from home. Yeah. Um, it's really interesting concept. It's still gonna be hosted by Ryan, who this is a little odd piece of trivia, but apparently he took the original American Idol desk from like oh. when it was on Fox, like the very first American Idol desk. Yeah. Had it stored in his garage. What the fuck? So he's pulled it out and he's put it in his living room. <laughs> And he's going to be hosting the show from the original American Idol desk in his living room. Like, all right. Um, and now it's going to to be in fairness to the contestants. From what I understand, they have been sent all of the same equipment, all of the same lighting gear, all of the same iPhone 11 cameras. That's good. Um, and all this kind of stuff so that nobody has an advantage of what it looks like or sounds like. Right. And then they're going to record live to tape. Now, if you've ever worked in the industry, uh, you know what that means. They're going to be recording it live. They can't go back and edit it or anything like that, but live to tape. Then it's all going to be sent to the judges who apparently, I guess, are going to watch all of it together on some sort of a Zoom format or something and make their critiques and judgments that way. So, yeah, I mean... You got to do what you got to do, right? Yes. Yeah, <laughs> like, I mean, it's a big, it's a big show for ABC. Yeah. Um, and so you got to do what you got to do. But I, like I said, I'm curious. Will other live reality shows kind of follow suit with that? Because I'm, I'm guessing that the Voice is going to be running into that situation soon as well. Yeah. So I don't know, man. It's going to be interesting. I know, right? I know. Uh, Lil Cam's still watching. She just watched the latest episode, and it's all still like live audiences and everything. Right. So it makes me wonder if like they finished filming and finished taping like before this mm, happened. I don't. That's, that's a good I, point. I don't know how like they pace out their stuff so, right i mean yeah it's gonna be interesting man especially since like this is apparently gonna change the world like everything is gonna be different before and after like it's crazy it's true it's super crazy but something that we think is amazing and that we really need to find a place to watch this on uh, the michael jordan documentary last dance scored huge ratings for espn huge an average of 6.1 million viewers tuned into watch the first two episodes and an average of 3.5 million who have watched the episodes between 18 and 49 that's a yeah. great age range yeah that's the that's the key demographic talk about yeah it, you you led into it with you know change the world and it hasn't been the same before or after that's michael jordan with the nba honestly like seriously i mean prior to my, michael jordan changed the game yeah so this this documentary uh, it doesn't surprise me at all that it's been a huge hit for them and i've got good news for you oh you said, where can we watch it? Apparently, Netflix has picked up the rights to it and will air it starting in July. Ah. So if there are no repeats on ESPN, which scoop, because ESPN is Disney-owned. How did Disney exactly. Plus not get this document? Or Hulu. What the <laughs> or hell? Or Hulu. But apparently, Netflix, starting in July, you can catch this. Yeah. But I was a huge, huge Jordan fan. Not as big as my little brother. We had the, the whole, I was 80s Showtime Lakers. He was 90s Jordan Bulls. But he got me hooked on the Bulls and, and, and Michael Jordan and... It only makes sense, man. I think everybody since Jordan has tried to yeah. live up to Jordan. I mean, come on, fuck. The king wears 23. There's a reason he wears that. Yeah. You know, it's fucking Michael Jordan. So um, this, I'm glad to see this. I, I love shit like this. Yeah, seriously, seriously. I mean, honestly, going to have to try to find it somewhere before July because I don't know if I can wait till then. That's, I, I know, right? I, I can't believe ESPN, though, after those type numbers, hasn't already started airing it in reruns. Yeah, right. I mean, come on. You've got... I did know, I did see, though, that there's two different versions of it. Apparently, oh. ESPN ran it uncut, yeah. and then on ESPN2, they cut out all of the profanity 
from the locker rooms and different things like that for a more family-friendly version of it. Makes sense. I mean, come on. You're winning championships or you're not winning because this is about, you know, their run to the championship. They had some bad games too. And I'm sure the locker room was not so pleasant. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Makes sense there was some profanity. I mean, you know. Got a little hot. Got a little hot. hot. Um, (laughs) Something that did not get a little hot was actually ice cold. Um, Party of Five Freeform has canceled Party of Five. Guess what, guys? Reboots barely work. We called this. Exactly. I was not a fan from the second we announced it on the show that they were doing it because I was a huge fan of the original Party of Five. You can't beat them. Lacey Chabert no. and Matthew Fox and Jennifer Love Hewitt and like you can't beat them. No. Just this is what happens when you try to take a story and make it relevant to today's exactly. stuff. And I, who said that? Austin Winsberg in the interview said you can't necessarily write something that's about something today. It doesn't mean it's going to work. Exactly. And Party of Five is a perfect example of that. They tried to make these kids immigrants. Their parents were illegal and their parents got shipped back to wherever they were from and now they were stuck exactly. in the ca- – You know, I get it. Okay, that's going on right now. It seems like that would have clicked. It would have worked. But it didn't. Exactly. Just It's crazy, man. It's crazy. But yeah, after <laughs> one season, gone. So, I mean, it is what it is. Called it. Feel sorry for the cast and crew, but, you know. It is. It, we, yeah. we, we could have told you this, you know, nah, not, a year ago not yeah, to do it. not to sign on to that one. Um, <laughs> but other big things happening at the other juggernaut, a.k.a. Warner Media, AT&T reported its first quarter results below consensus mm. view of Wall Street analysts. And... I mean, it's kind of on a decline. Yeah, and I mean, this is no surprise. This is the same thing Disney was going through. You know, uh, no March Madness, right? So there's no basketball. That's huge, yeah. like going down. Yeah, and you know, everybody knows that it airs on CBS, Viacom CBS, but all of the tournament games prior to the big dance on CBS are all on TBS and Turner exactly. and like, you know, and all, and they haven't been able to air any of that. And TBS and Turner and all them are Warner owned. So they took a huge hit on that. Obviously, again, no movies coming out. No. And they haven't, unlike Disney, hadn't had their streaming service up yet. Yeah. So all of their stuff has been, I mean, it's no big surprise at all that they took a hit. And the biggest hit, one the one thing that contributed most to the to the quarter losses, was Warner Brothers Studios yeah. not being able to pump out films, which they normally have a lot of money coming yeah. in from. So, you know, thankfully AT and T's their parent company, yeah, and AT and T saw a little bit of a boost with new cell phone customers, yeah, and you know, oddly enough, everybody was like, kind of like, oh, I'm kind of shocked by that. I'm not. Even though the stores are closed, you can sign up online, exactly. right? And so it doesn't surprise me at all that a shit ton of new people are signing up for like new phones and new cell service because exactly. they're probably all FaceTiming and shit for, for, you know, quarantine. Exactly. So that helped them a little bit. Just a tiny bit, a tiny bit. But um, uh, you brought up the streaming service. They finally put a release date on it. With They've been saying May, 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 but now it official release date is May 27th. I feel like they pushed that back to the end of the month because mm-hmm. They might not be ready. Yeah, yeah. Oh, but boy, they got a shit ton of stuff coming on it, though. Let me look at this because I don't want to get it wrong. Friends, Big Bang Theory, South Park, all the Studio Ghibli films, all the movies from Warner Brothers, New Line, and DC, including Joker, Suicide Squad, Wonder Woman, The Matrix, Casablanca, and The Wizard of Oz. Uh, in addition, they're going to be stocked with content from other Warner Media brands, meaning all of the TV shows for, that are on 
CNN, TNT, TBS, uh, Turner Classic Movies, The Cartoon Network, Adult Swim. I saw this week they released a new trailer for a new Looney Tunes. Okay. Um, with Bugs Bunny and, yeah. and the gang. So, I, like we've talked about over and over and over, if anyone's got the content to compete with Disney's content, yeah. it would be Warner Brothers. Exactly. Um, but it's man. always interesting because we talked about it when they first uh, talked about getting their own streaming service. But, like, they have their own streaming services for Looney Tunes and for DC Universe. So, like, what is going to happen to those two? I think uh, Looney Tunes is not as popular as DC Universe. So maybe that will get merged into HBO Max. But, like we said before, I, DC Universe should stay on its own since it's, like, strictly comic books, strictly, like, you can go back and read the old comics, mm-hmm. but and but still have the same content on both platforms. I think what we're going to see there, and I'm hoping, uh, is crossovers. Yeah. Because we know that Berlanti has announced a couple of DC projects for HBO Max. Yeah. But thanks to the CW and the whole crisis thing, we, we have learned that they're all connected in yeah. some way or another. So hopefully what we see is the DC Universe streaming service, like you said, stay on its own, exist, and just do crossovers with the DC stuff that's going to be on HBO Max. Yeah. I would like to see that. So yeah, don't I, fuck it up. Don't fuck it up, man. Seriously. I don't. did see Stanky, though, too, was rethinking, rethinking theatrical films. Hmm. He said he doesn't think that it's ever going to go back to being the same, and will it be worth it, or do they just focus on streaming content yeah. and a new era of how films will be distributed and exactly. released? Don't panic. He didn't say they're never putting another movie out in the theaters, but he's rethinking it. Exactly, exactly. So. We always talked about the streaming services being the cut-the-cord thing and getting right. rid of cable and getting – possibly rid of theaters but i mean it's actually the virus the virus is gonna get rid of all this shit and then like like you said only big tentpole movies be in the theaters which i think it's gonna go back to that i think so too like maybe one or two new movies every once in a while and it be cut down to like a three theater like venue so right i and i mean i'm okay with that i you know i talk about all the time one of my favorite movies is the majestic i like the whole big old school theaters where it's literally just one screen and one movie playing and you can go in and have the joy of what it used to be like to go see a big movie and um so i i do hope it goes back to that we brought up friends Right? It's yeah. going to be on HBO Max. Yeah. I know you're excited about this next Yeah, one. for sure. But before we get started on that, uh, $14.99. The price point for that is $14.99. So, Not as bad. Competing with Netflix. Yeah, so. no. So a little bit more expensive than Disney Plus, but... Um you know, we'll see. Yeah, if it's like 20 bucks for HBO Max and DC Universe, like if they did like a bundle thing, I think that would be worth it. That's a g- great point. I mean, a, and a, something to bring up with Stanky and the guys. Yeah. W- are they going to do a bundle like Disney did? Exactly. So, we'll exactly. see. But yes, friends, guys, it is mm. back on. Everybody saw that. It was halted indefinitely, but not too indefinitely. Um, <laughs> the cast members have announced too that that the fans will have a chance to meet the cast and attend the taping of the HBO Max reunion special happening later this year. The contestants is a part of a all-in challenge which collects donations for America's Food Fund to help Meals on Wheels, No Kid Hungry, and a whole bunch of other organizations during this crisis and just in general to help people get fed during this time. Can you see? I'm just looking. 
Dean. I'm just watching the excitement on your face saying, as you were delivering the I news. I would love to do that. Like, and if you win this thing, <laughs> if you win it, you can have a chance to sit down with all of the original friends, all six of them, have a cup of coffee at the freaking Central Perk, guys. Yes. It's fucking crazy. I mean, you see my friends over here. You see them. Oh, my goodness. It would be pretty damn cool to it be able be to do it. I mean, you can, you can tour the set, you know, at the Warner Brothers studio a lot and everything, but that ain't the same as sitting on the set with the friends. Yeah, doing I it, mean, like, that's just completely different. Like, it's wild. Well, and, and, you know, it's for a great cause, guys. Yeah. You know, you're raising money for the food banks. And, and, and I mean, come on now. It, I'm not familiar, and we can, we can drop this information, and maybe, you, you know, we'll let you guys know in a, a quick post or something. But I think you could just, like, donate any amount, 10 yeah. bucks, 15 and it gets you into this contest. Yeah. So if you can't drop 10 bucks to sit with the friends, no. I'm just, just <laughs> you know saying, I mean? man. That's pretty big. Exactly. That's pretty big. Exactly. And, uh, I mean, Everything happening at Warner Brothers, it's all been a little chaotic. I'm not going to lie about it. But uh, Warner Brothers has changed the release dates for mm. the Batman and the Sopranos sequel. Yeah. I'm, I wasn't happy to hear about this one. We kept talking about, you know, production delay, production delay, production delay with the Batman. Yeah. But they never really said, will it pick back up? Will it affect the dates? Will it still? Well, exactly. apparently now they have confirmed it will affect the dates. Well, something weird too. Fucking what's his face? Matt Reeves was like, I'm completely rethinking the film. Now. Yeah. Now like, that he's been no. sitting there looking at the footage already shot and kind of like, you know, he's mm. thought about rethinking. I'm like, no, don't. Because they also released the official synopsis. Yeah. And after him. Hearing the synopsis, I'm like, don't rethink shit. No. Like, guys, I know there's three people in it, right? Just in case you missed this. You know, you got the Riddler, the Penguin, and Catwoman. But it's one villain, guys. Yeah. It's it's solely focused. It's going to be focused on the Riddler. Yeah. It's Batman year two, basically. It's his second year in action. Um, And they're going full film noir, you know, detective skills. World's greatest detective. It's going to be, it's during the mayoral uh, event, you know, people are running for mayor and they're being killed. Mm. And when they're being killed at the crime scenes, there's riddles. Yeah. So we know. Main villain is going to be the Riddler. And Batman and Commissioner Gordon are going to team up to try to take down who's killing all the mayoral candidates. One of those mayoral candidates, Oswald Cobblepot, the Penguin. AKA. But he's a good guy in this one. Yes. Um, that's what they said. I'm just giving this from the official plot. And then Catwoman is going to be the anti-hero. Good, bad, more good. And yeah. she's going to be helping Batman out. But it really is only focused on the one villain, yeah. Riddler. And this sounds all amazing to me. Yeah, exactly. So Matt Don't Reeves, do it. not rethink it. This sounds amazing to me. Exactly. But just keep going with what you had. But the more we're talking about it, the more I think um, sequels. Sequels are definitely a possibility oh, for this. Yeah, like, you know you know, Oswald's going bad yeah, at some point, exactly. right? And like, do we... Do we go with the relationship with Catwoman? Like, you know, what's going to go down with that? And yeah, you got to. So crazy. Um, but we're going to have to wait. Yeah. June 25th, 2021 is when it was supposed to come out. Now it's all the way into October, October 1st Ugh. of next year. It sucks. And uh, the Many Saints of Newark, which is the the Sopranos, yeah. um, was supposed to be September 25th of this year. Now it's March 12th of next year. Mm. Now, Sucks, this makes total sense to me, and I want to get these dates right, so I'm going to look. But obviously with a shift in the Batman, that fucked with all of the DC superhero movies. Yeah. So now the Flash 
is set to open uh, June 2nd, 2022, instead of July 1st. Shazam 2 is now going to open on November 4th of 2022 instead of April 1st. And uh, one one good news is that Warner Brothers is going to keep the release dates, and we talked about this on last week's show, for Christopher Nolan's Tenet and Wonder Woman's sequel, which is August 14th. Yeah. Those have not been affected. Those are hitting right when they were supposed to hit. The Flash one makes sense to me. It gives them a little extra time because from what <laughs> I understand, you, Ezra... There's a lot uh, <laughs> of crazy things happening with that. I that mean, everybody movie, saw the video that with him choking the girl. Like, what the fuck is I just, wrong with him The right whole now? development of this Flash movie has been hell from the get-go. Yeah. So I just don't know what... Just fucking bring, you know, uh, the Flash from DC over, you know, from, yeah. from, from TV, from CW, Grant Gustin. Oh, come on He's now. perfect. He is. Just throw him in. Your movie will be a huge it's success. Yeah. It'll be great. Don't, don't, don't do the controversy. This guy's classic he's awesome just fucking fill him in and do it oh Oh, man crazy but this now i'm sad about this me too because it deserved the theatrical release but i could definitely see it on their streaming service it's gonna do huge oh yeah for sure uh warner brothers announced that scoob the animated film that everybody's been seeing all over they've been pushing it like crazy uh we'll skip it it's planned theatrical release and launch next month on digital rental service starting may 15th scoob will be available to rent for $19.99 in uh, U.S. and Canada and will also be available to buy for $24.99. But I also think that once HBO Max hits, it will be available to watch there as well. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, this makes sense. I mean, I think people will pay for it. It's a real, you know, it looks great. Yeah, it does. It looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, So I think people will pay for it and I think it'll do pretty well on, on, even if you have to pay for it, and it'll do huge on uh, HBO Max, yeah. like you said, when it hits there. Not going to be shocked at all if that does well. So, And again, maybe we'll see a sequel somewhat, maybe, sort of come out in the theaters. I don't know. It's maybe. definitely going to set up for a sequel. You know that. Yeah. It's crazy. It's crazy. Mm. But uh, other things, big people, you know, big, huge people like Dwayne The Rock Johnson <laughs> and Issa Rae and Danny Garcia are set to executive produce a half-hour series in development at HBO about a creation of a backyard wrestling promotion. Interesting. Yeah. the fo- uh, what It's going to focus on Cassius Jones, a young dock worker and struggling pro wrestler who uses some inherited life insurance money uh, for startup cash and the deed to a shotgun house from his grandfather. And he basically starts this hip-hop-centric wrestling empire in his backyard in Houston. Yeah. So that's what the series is going to be about and focus on and everything. I mean, if you're going to do a wrestling series... Have the rock, yeah, you, and have the the most successful wrestler that's made the conversion to entertainment right exactly. now, the rock. So exactly, I mean, uh, professional wrestling is crazy popular right now. It is like I mean, you see them like bouncing back and forth between wrestling and actual films and television. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, and I mean. A lot of, I mean, we talked about Stephen Amell making that uh, yeah, series with yeah, yeah. with uh, professional wrestler uh, Dusty Rhodes. So I mean, I mean, it's epic, man. It's epic. I think that it's only going to keep getting better. I think so too. You know, and I, I mean, I like it. I, John Cena has made the conversion. Yeah. I mean, there's a bunch of them that have kind of done it. Come on the show, <laughs> yes. John Cena. Come on the show, or Stephen Amell, or The Rock, or any of you. But please John come Cena, on the. Please I know, come on I the know. show. 
I've been a huge fan since back in the day since you started. Please, yes. please come on the show. Yes. I'm just saying. I'm just now, saying. another one. You know, we hear this all the time. This seems to be like the thing now. Even though Westworld Season 3 just debuted. Yeah. Just debuted in March, you know, a couple weeks ago. Mar- or a couple months ago. Um, They've already announced now Season 4. Yeah, they're they're renewing shit real yeah, quick Yeah, it's just like before, sometimes before the current season even starts. I know, it's At least wild. this one started before yeah, they announced exactly. it. exactly. Um, I think, you know, I think there's a lot of revigorated um, enthusiasm about this one, though. For sure. You know, for Season 3, if you guys have been watching it, I've caught a couple episodes, but not all of it yet. If for the first time in the series, they're away from the amusement park, guys. They're, they're, they're like they've kind of changed the whole dynamic by taking it out of the locale that everybody was used to for the first couple of years. I think that's kind of reinvigorated a little bit. All right. Kind of like back with what Walking Dead did when yeah. they went to the prison. Yeah. You know, where they were uh, changing so, locations and shit. Yeah. Like. So I'm excited. I, I mean, I've always loved Andy Newton. I've always been a fan of the show. So I'm kind of excited to see where it's going to go for the rest of this season. And congrats for getting picked up for four. Definitely. Definitely. And I mean, some exciting things happening for the big mega streamer right now. Netflix, it added, this is crazy, guys, 15.77 million paid streaming subscribers in the first quarter of 2020. Right. Damn. Right. I mean, that is insane. Yeah. But it makes sense. 16 million new subscribers because everybody's stuck at home. Exactly. So where else are you going to go? We clearly saw what that translated to, at least for a couple of days. It pushed them high enough to take over for the uh, market value bigger than Disney. Yeah. Just for a couple of days. Just for a couple. But, I mean, clearly there ha- they, they, unlike Disney and Warner Brothers and all that who are trying to pump content, they already had a shit ton of stuff already in the can. They did. Original stuff. Yeah. They, you know, they don't have the content, obviously, that Disney and Warner Brothers has from, you know, old stuff. But original content, they yeah. had it in the can, exactly. man. I mean. But I wouldn't be surprised if all of these uh, subscribers signed back up because remember a couple months ago, a lot of people were hating on Netflix. It's true. And after all their shit was getting pulled off, which I mean, makes sense, but you got to give this new stuff a try, guys. Everybody's so quick to jump the gun and pull the trigger on like just saying Netflix fucking sucks, but you got to give some stuff a try. I mean, how do you start liking a show on network TV? You give right. it a try. You give it a try. Exactly. Now, they did announce globally so overall all in subscribers 182.9 million damn so that's a lot uh up 22 percent almost 23 percent since last year but and i know we're talking netflix but like we said at the top of the show we love disney to put that in perspective though disney if you look at the amount of subscribers they've already gotten and they're not even a year old yet on that pace, they're going to catch Netflix in a couple of years. And Netflix has been around for how long? For sure. So, I mean, Disney is rocking and rolling with yeah. Disney+. Plus. So, to be fair, on this uh, quarterly business call with the shareholders and everything, Reed acknowledged that. Reed Hastings said he's a huge fan of Disney+, Plus and that it was nice to see how the launch that they've had and the unique style that they're bringing to it. And he's looking forward to competing and being that. So, he's not, you know, disrupted by it. He's not pissed off about it or whatever. He's actually a huge fan. That makes sense. I think that's good. I think, you know, healthy competition back and forth is For only sure. going to help both. Agreed. So, Agreed. but yeah, those numbers. And here's why. Right, you're big on this one. Yeah, uh, some some things to do for those huge numbers for Netflix. Definitely, Tiger King. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> the yeah, the buzzy documentary, um, Tiger King: Murder, Mayhem, and Madness. Yes, sixty four million households worldwide 
watched it or have watched it since March 20th. Yeah, it was crazy. That is a lot. Yeah. I mean, that, that mm, mm. Uh, Love is Blind. I haven't watched this one yet. I haven't either. No, a lot of people I'm following on social media have, and they're posting about it all the time, but I haven't watched uh, this one yet. I think I actually watched the first episode of this one. It's like a whole bunch of, like, well, at least the first episode, like I said. Um, it's like a whole bunch of different people, like 20 or so males, 20 or so females. They each go in a room mm. on opposite sides, and there's a wall in between them where you cannot see through oh. and then you just literally talk and describe each other and like describe who you are what you like and it's like literally blind first dates and you have to figure out who you like and who you don't like and it's very basically, interesting. Yeah, it's like you stay there for a month and trying to figure out <laughs> well and very fitting now to have a wall separating you with social distancing literally, and everything yeah. right that's so funny 30 million member households have watched it so i mean it's doing pretty good um we knew about this, no big surprise. Kevin L. Johnson and Jason Bateman and the gang doing really well. Third season of Ozark, yes. 29 million member households in the first four weeks of its release. Yes. So no surprise there. Ozark's a big hit, yeah. um, and a lot of people watching and it. And I want to say, just before we keep going, but um, Ozark was actually had more numbers than Tiger King on its first week than Tiger King's first week. Just saying. No, Just yeah, saying. that's true. Yeah. That's true. So, and see that so cuz the numbers are always deceiving. They are. You know, Ozark a little bit less in numbers but had a bigger coming out of the gate. Exactly. Than, so, you never can tell. Now, this one though, everybody was kind of shocked at. Reed and Ted even admitted they were kind of shocked at these numbers. Yep. Happy, obviously, but a little bit shocked. For sure. And we're really happy because of our guest this week, yes. Mr. James Dumont. That's right. Tracksuit Charlie, yeah. right? The biggest winner, Mark Wahlberg's Spencer Confidential, right? An original take on the on, on the franchise. Yeah. Um, it, Peter Berg directed. Get, check this out, guys. 85 million member households <laughs> since March 6th. Yeah. So just a little over a month, 85 million member households have watched that thing. Well, I mean, I know what? we've watched it at least five times between both of us. No, so. it's true. <laughs> it's true. It's a really good movie. It's set up for a sequel. Tracksuit Charlie. I mean, exactly. he, he, I, come on. You guys have seen the pictures everywhere. Our boy James in that yellow, bright-ass, banana-yellow tracksuit with his bright-ass, banana-yellow yeah. Ferrari. Exactly. I mean, how can you not want to watch that? Exactly. Right? Like, exactly. <laughs> Kill Bill's suit, as he would say. Now. That's right. That's so right. You guys are going to hear all about Spencer Confidential coming up in our interview with James, and you're going to love it, man. Yes, it's been great. Definitely. Definitely. Now, I mean, they are also acquiring I've, some films because, you know, they're trying to rack up their own content as well um they acquired the global rights to uh china and to like i said global rights haha <laughs> uh millie bobby brown's newest <laughs> film enola holmes we talked about this a couple months ago with um it's basically like she's the younger sister of sherlock holmes and right, she's right. also going to try to be a detective and everything like that um but i feel like this play millie bobby brown played a big part in this just because they've seen the global impact that she's had from stranger things so they wanted to pick her up with this film. And it makes sense because Sherlock himself, Henry Cavill, who they've also have a proven track record now with with The Witcher. Yeah. So, I mean, come on. They, they, they've got Millie and, and, and Henry. They know this thing's going to be huge, right? Exactly. It's also got Sam uh, Claflin in it and Helena Bonham Carter. Yeah. So the cast is phenomenal, yeah. man. So I, I think it's going to be really good. Yeah. And then Melissa McCarthy. They also acquired the rights to the Starling. Yeah. Uh, with Melissa McCarthy and Kevin Kline. Yeah. Uh, and Timothy Oliphant, who... With Drew Barrymore, their their show on there, so they're proven people, exactly. you know, that they know work on on stuff. 
this deal is crazy though. Just sight uh, unseen going for the script, twenty million dollars. Um, and here's the beauty of it. This is another one. You, you guys know Melissa McCarthy's like famous for comedy, right? Right. But if you're a Gilmore Girls fan, you know she can pull some dramedy off too. She can. And she has been making that conversion in the drama. Well, apparently this is one of those. Thankfully for Netflix, this shit was completed before COVID. Yeah. It is good. Principal photography has wrapped. It's in the can. It's good to go. And it looks like they're so impressed with Melissa McCarthy's performance in this film. They're holding on to it. They're going to release it during award season. Oh, wow. So. That's epic. Yeah. I mean, I'm excited because whenever she gets dark and dirty, I, I always like them. Yeah. So seriously. I think Netflix, man, killing it with some films. But yeah, like you said, I mean, paying a lot of fucking money for these films. Like they just paid out the ass for that Gal Gadot, The Rock and Ryan Reynolds movie they right. paid like around 20 million dollars for this one so I mean they're trying man they're trying I feel like they're really trying to make a run at the award season so. they are and how do you do that by spending money yeah. they also announced Wednesday that they plan to offer another billion dollars in senior notes to raise fresh cash yes they you know give it all the kind of thing you know they talk about oh it's going to go into corporate stuff and all that but they also clearly say it's going to be used to put towards spending on content, yeah. obviously, uh, and, and their exact general corporate purposes, which may include content acquisition. Mm. Of course it includes con. You can't be paying $20 million a pop for films and not need right. money, right? So um, here's the crazy thing, though. They just did it uh, back in October for $2 billion, right? And now their content spending for this year so far alone Fifteen billion dollars. That's crazy. I mean, what yeah. the hell? In like one year. I mean, they are just slaying it with spending some money, right? Like, they, and then they freaking gave uh, Reed Hastings and Ted Sarandos uh, raises last year. Yeah. So, so what <laughs> like, I saw, Ted had a six million dollar yeah. raise from the past year. Yeah. Where's Abigail? Yeah. Abigail, <laughs> go bother them, man. Exactly. <laughs> Is there any relative in Reed's family or Ted's family that's pissy about it? Right. Like, I just want to know. So funny. It's so funny. <laughs> well, we know that uh, CBS Viacom. They are also in the running with the film game. Yes, um, Paramount. Yeah, I mean, Chris Pine obviously didn't sever too many ties or mm -mm. burn too many bridges with the Star Trek series or the Star Trek franchise because he is now in negotiations for Paramount's reboot of The Saint. Mm -mm. Yeah. Yeah, and I guess if things are okay, they've kind of smoothed over with the Star Trek thing, like you said, because the reason from looking into this that they're giving him this reboot of The Saint is to occupy his time while Star Trek Four is being developed. Yeah. So clearly everything's okay with Star Trek. They're kind of like planning on bringing him back. I guess they mended all that. I don't right. know. But The Saints... Huh? The Saints. What? Man. I mean, this thing's been around forever. There was like a old film back in the '60s. There was a TV show of it, and yeah. I mean, my first introduction to it was uh, back in the '90s with Val Kilmer and Elizabeth Shue. Yeah. And I thought that movie was great. I was working at the theater at the time. I was a projectionist. I was like, watch. I watched that thing like fifty fucking times. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I thought that was pretty good. Yeah. So like. Why are we doing a reboot of exactly. it? Like, I mean, it makes no sense, man. But it's the time of reboots. We I, know this. I guess. I mean, I like Chris Pine. I'm yeah. a huge fan of Chris Pine. Same. And oddly enough, he kind of resembles what Kilmer looked like back in the day. Yeah. There. So, I mean, I think it would be okay. Yeah. I just like, why do we need that? Yeah. Like, they are. They did say though they're hoping to make a franchise out of it. They yeah. want. They want. That was the plan for Kilmer too, which never kind of 
developed. Yeah. But so maybe maybe that's what they're gonna do. Maybe that you know they're giving him another franchise. Interesting, man. Interesting. But you got Dexter Fletcher coming on uh, from Rocket Man to direct the film, so that's pretty exciting. And uh, Seth Graham Smith wrote the script. So yeah, Interview with a Vampire, not yeah. Interview with a Vampire. I'm sorry, Abraham Lincoln, Vampire Slayer. <laughs> Not interview with uh, a vampire. So <laughs> yeah, Abraham Lincoln, uh, Vampire Slayer. That that's who's right now. Yeah. yeah, that guy's brilliant. So I mean, you guys are gonna love that. Definitely, definitely. And I mean, like we said, we're talking about all the studios this week. Uh, Sony has announced some good and bad news about the upcoming Venom sequel. The good news is the official title was finally revealed. Yes. Venom. Let there be carnage. I love that. I, know, I love right? that title. <laughs> so epic, so epic. But the bad news is the film's release date has been delayed, and it, it was expected to hit theaters October second of twenty twenty, and now instead it will launch eight months later in June twenty fifth of twenty twenty one. Right. That sucks. Right. And now uh, it does suck because we just talked about our boy Andy Serkis. And, yeah. and like, I can't wait to see what he does directing Seriously. this film. Um, Woody Harrelson as fucking Carnage is going to be just epic. ridiculously <laughs> yeah. epic going up against. And I saw Tom Hardy is having a lot of fun on social media just fucking teasing. He posted again another thing that hints at somewhere in this film. We're going to see Spidey. Yeah. He just keeps poking fun at that. He keeps throwing these little teasers out. I'm telling you, if we get Harrelson's Carnage and Hardy's Venom and you throw in fucking Holland's Spidey in one movie. Yeah, that'd be it's epic. It's going to be fucking huge, yeah, yeah. Woody man. Woody Harrelson is highly underrated in my opinion. I agree. <laughs> like, I agree. He is – he's great at comedy, but he's also a fucking insanely talented dramatic so actor good. and sociopath yeah. psychopath he's played some seriously hardcore roles yeah. and i th- i think he's going to be brilliant in as carnage agreed agreed but uh the studio has already pushed back many of its other major films mm-hmm. like morpheus you know jared leto from july 31st 2020 to march 19th 2021 and now ghostbusters afterlife from july 10th 2020 to march 5th 2021 and Tom Holland's Uncharted, which looks crazy. Oh my god, yeah, guys. <laughs> if you haven't seen the like the, the publicity stills for this uh, Spidey man, uh uh-uh. yeah. uh he's like stone cold killer yeah. in this one. Tom Holland. Exactly. Like, what the fuck Maybe are we an doing? Oscar run. Maybe, Maybe. like but... I'm about to see how talented Tom Holland is, right? Exactly. Like... But that one was supposed to come out March fifth, twenty twenty one. Now it's October eighth, twenty twenty one. So I mean good time for award season it is so, a good time for an award season uh, but yes man a lot of crazy things and sony also announced that venom writers scott rosenberg and jeff pink pinkner uh, <laughs> are set to write the live action film adaptation of the worldwide mega hit series one punch man which is a huge anime series it is, is now coming to live action yeah i i'm not a fan of One Punch Man. I've never watched it. I'm not not a fan. It's good. I'm just yeah. I've never. I know you're big into anime. Yeah. Um. I don't, and it makes sense. A lot of people from your generation and gamers and stuff like that are into the anime. But there are people my generation also. I mean, one of my best friends is huge. It was Dragon Ball Z and huge yeah. into anime and stuff. Um. So. This makes sense. And look, they picked the right guys. Venom was a huge hit. And did you guys know that these guys also wrote both the Jumanji films with The Rock? Which are epic. So, yeah, I mean, track record pretty good. Yeah. So if uh, And, you know, I think they're ho- – I'm guessing, you know, live action, this will be pretty interesting. Yeah. Because, you know, you, there's a lot of stuff that One Punch Man does yeah. that can you translate that. But today's technology, if ever there was I a know, time to like, do it, right? I feel like it's perfect time for all these crazy tech – 
like technologically like epic scenes like today is the right time to do it you know what i'm excited about because we talked about this fuck a year ago and still haven't seen anything yet though but battle of the planets yeah i mean that's my anime from back in the day man (laughs) the fiery phoenix and and, 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 uh, they announced the live action of that and we haven't seen that yet i'm fucking pumped about come on guys battle of the fucking planets man (laughs) all right anyway anyway (laughs) nbc universal you know they're trying to do a lot of stuff they just launched uh, the other nbc universal like a streaming website or something like that but also fandango which is owned by nbc universal not a lot of people know that uh they clinched the pact to buy voodoo from walmart it's a digital movie and tv streaming platform uh from retailing like i said from walmart uh nbc universal is expected to merge the operations of voodoo and fandango now once the deal closes but for now there will be no immediate changes to either service so if you have one or the other other like things are going to stay the same but under the deal voodoo will continue to provide back-end uh, infrastructure for the movie and television sales and rentals on walmart.com so, yeah so and that, that you know this one voodoo has always been for the kind of older lesser known kind of stuff you know you can rent them at a really cheap price on voodoo and everything yeah. through walmart um old 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 tv shows and movies that you know like from yesteryear kind of a right. thing you know so it, i mean you know you gotta get some of that old content because you know disney and warner brothers have a shit ton of old content exactly i mean ted turner acquired all of the mgm movies and yeah. gone with the wind and all that which is all now warner media you know so they have all that old classic stuff so how do you do that fucking buy voodoo exactly exactly (laughs) so crazy man so crazy uh now it's time for apple apple fraggle rock yeah (laughs) so uh, apple has brought back fraggle rock the classic streaming service debut a new uh, iteration of the classic jim henson series titled fraggle rock rock on this week yeah debuted this week and i guess debuted to pretty solid numbers yeah um really cool and i guess because uh, they brought back a lot of the original people which yeah. i was really excited about um it's three to five minutes long and it's got like i said the classic characters gobo red boober monkey wembley uncle yeah. traveling matt um obviously it's produced by the jim henson company who, for anybody who doesn't know and what know. fraggle rock is jim henson um this is the interesting thing though it's being shot completely on iphone 11s from the individual's homes what? Yeah. Like, like everybody seems to be kind of doing this thing now. But for anybody who doesn't know, I mean, the iPhone 11s, I mean, you can literally shoot something on it and put it right up onto the big screen. The yeah. cameras on these phones are insane. So, um, I mean, technology, man. Yeah. But a lot of people are doing it. Let's just, fuck it, do the puppet work from home and everything, put it all together, boom, exactly. out you go. Right there. So, and this is interesting, though. Apple, right? Three to five minute episodes. Is this a towards Quibi? Exactly. Are, 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 are they like. coming at Quibi? Because I don't know, man. I know. I mean, everybody knows that Apple TV Plus also has an app. So, I mean, it is the day and age of the streaming wars. So you got to compete with all of the streaming wars. I wouldn't be surprised if like Netflix and Disney Plus and Hulu all started trying this like small increment episode theory right. template. So And Apple I don't, don't have no lawsuit with the whole flipping screen thing. Exactly. Right? <laughs> They're allowed to do the flipping screen. We, we got no new information on that, but we're going to keep you updated on that because that could shut down everything. 
anything for Quibi. Yeah, we don't it know. Sucked. It was. We don't I know. I mean, that would definitely limited my options in the shower. Um, <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. <laughs> but it's not too good. What are you doing in there, Quibi? <laughs> Quibi, Quibi. I'm watching Punked. Goddammit. Get out of the shower. Oh my goodness. But Quibi, Megan and Briss, who is the head of brand and content marketing at Quibi, is now leaving just after two weeks of its launch short yeah. form streaming service launch uh, Embrace announced uh, her departure in an email to employees on wednesday calling the post-launch period an opportune time to transition which sucks man what, yeah. i mean what the fuck they're they mean they're having a lot of bad luck they honestly. are i mean she's been with quibi for since the beginning since the whole thing but i mean it literally just launched yeah and now she's like Flip out of here Gone. she 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 was at netflix for a long time before quibi snagged her yeah so i'm wondering where she's going i mean that statement kind of like for perfect time for transition like where are you going exactly what, you jumping ship to one of the other competitors exactly like, do you do you have you have an offer on the table from somebody i'm else? just wondering like, let's just throw this conspiracy theory out there apple apple oh. who just did three to five minute episodes of fraggle rock Wild. do they need somebody that's really familiar with short episodes on phones Wild. To go there, let, let's just put that out there. I swear to God, if she's going to Apple, hey, <laughs> right? Called hey, it. Call, yeah, I mean, come on. Called We've it. We've been right in the past. Yeah. I'm just saying. Exactly, exactly. But Quibi, I mean, they have had some good news. I mean, we'll say that they have some good content on there. And I mean, the app has been downloaded more than 2.7 million times in the past two weeks following its April 6th launch. Yeah. The company said its top five trending shows are Most Dangerous Game, starring Liam Hemsworth and. Christoph Waltz, uh, Chrissy's Court, which is Christy Teigen's uh, show, and also Punked with Chance the Rapper. So it's going pretty well. It's going pretty well. I mean, so far. it's it's popular. Yeah, it's extremely popular. I'm still waiting for Swimming with Sharks. Yeah. That's the one I'm like pumped for. But yeah, I mean, J Lo really is a fan. I mean, he's watching it constantly. You know, when we were prepping for this, he's had an episode. You know, had a little break. Up oh, shit, five minutes. Exactly. Boom, watch an episode of Punked. Exactly. I mean, it's really cool for that kind of stuff, though. I mean, it really is. So I think it's. And you're right. I would not be surprised at all if the other studios and streamers got on board with this. And yeah. It's like let's offer some content. You know, quick. content content on the phones exactly exactly and i want to like try to get an actor from one of those shows on the show because kevin hart kevin hart (laughs) come on the show man come on the show how do you produce for small segment content i mean like literally a five minute episode how do you crunch a half hour or an hour into five minutes yeah that's insane right it really is that's great let somebody come on and talk about that that'd be awesome Mm, lionsgate yeah Hunger Games is coming again. That's right. May the odds forever be in your favor. That's right. But this one's about snow. I'm excited about this one. I am too. To be Francis Lawrence, uh, who, by the way, was the director of all three other uh, Hunger Games films, is returning to direct uh, an adaptation of The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. That's the prequel. If you guys know, the books just hit. The books have been – well, came out right before COVID. Yeah. Um, when you could still go to a bookstore. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, the Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes came out. This is set roughly about 64, 65 years before the Hunger Games. This is going to actually follow an 18-year-old President Snow. Yeah. Uh, so Cornelius Snow – who would eventually rise to become the authoritarian, dystopian president that we all know and love. Exactly. And hate. <laughs> and hate. Um, that's right. Um, no cast or release date announced or anything further than they were going to do this. Yeah. But I think this is going to be another winner. I think everybody's going to – especially sure. if they cast proper. 
properly and they do everything right. This is this is a huge series. Yeah. And people love it. And I think this is going to be really good for Lionsgate. Exactly. I think it's going to be big. Exactly. Uh, my question is, is our buddy Danny Strong going to write it? That'd be epic. You know, if they bring back a solid director who's directed all three. Yeah. If you guys didn't know, Danny Strong wrote a couple of them exactly. the, the first time around. I think bring him in, write this script. Bam! Hit. Exactly. So I'm agreed. Agreed. I will compare it to the nowadays Harry Potter from like ten years ago. I would to agree. Be honest with you, because Fantastic Beasts isn't exactly what the original Harry Potter series was, but Hunger Games, like back a couple of years ago, I feel like are the nowadays Harry Potter. So that's agreed. Yeah, agreed. Now, what's been going really good at the box office lately, guys? Biopics, right? For sure. Musical biopics. I mean, yeah. fucking uh, uh, Bohemian Rhapsody, right? We had Rocket Man. We got one coming with the BGS. Got a new one coming. Yes. I'm excited about this yep. because this will be redemption for that whole holographic tour bullshit. Right. We got one coming about Whitney Houston. Yeah. I think this one's gonna be good, man. I think this one's gonna be good. And the reason why I think this one's gonna be good, Clive Davis is involved. Yeah, buddy. Yes, Clive Davis. Um, feature film of the life of Whitney Houston is being developed by the Whitney Houston Estate, Primary Wave, and Clive Davis. Um the person who did the photograph, uh Stella Meggie, is in negotiations to direct. Um it's gonna be called I Wanna Dance with Somebody. You guys are Whitney Houston fans, you know, huge uh, hit for her. I want to dance with somebody. And Anthony McCartan, the Oscar-nominated screenwriter who wrote uh, The Two Popes, Darkest Hour, oddly enough, Bohemian Rhapsody. There we go. um, And The Theory of Everything, which was a brilliant film. Yeah. He's apparently in negotiations to write the script. Epic, man. Epic. Um, And um, I saw the photograph uh, that Stella directed, and it's really freaking good, so I'm excited for it. Yeah, this one, like like I said, if, if... I was a little worried. Pat Houston is going to be producing for you know for the family. Yeah, there's been some ups and downs with Pat and like stuff that went on with Whitney's life that she disputes and kind of things. So I was a little yeah. bit worried. But when Clive Davis is involved, it's going to be okay. For yeah. you guys, don't know. I'm old, so I kind of I was a huge Whitney fan back in the day. Clive discovered her when she was just like 19 years old. Yeah, basically launched her, and uh, so and he's always adored her, always thought of her as a daughter and fam. So if he's involved, it's going to be good. Definitely, he is going to do right by her. Um, and you should, you know, she's the most decorated female musician in ever Agreed. in history. So yeah. I mean, it's a big one. Mm-hmm. The question is, who's gonna play her? Yeah, right. I have a theory. I'm just Clive. Just throwing this out there, buddy. Catch it. Uh, look at I Want to Dance with Somebody. Look at that video. Okay? That time frame. Look at that video. Alicia Wainwright. Bam! Alicia can dance. She can sing. She, uh, she can act her ass off. Watch Raising Dion. I'm just throwing that out there. Alicia Wainwright as Whitney Houston. Perfect age to play young Whitney. Can age her up to play old Whitney. I just think that's your choice. Thank you. There it is. Thank you, and you're welcome. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Again, if it happens, send the check to. I'm just saying. Exactly. Just saying. exactly. I'm super excited about it though, because like you said, biopics are huge right now. So, and this will be the latest one. So. I mean, and but whoever does it, and I'm hoping Alicia can 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 do it. But whoever does is going to have to fucking sing. Seriously. Because Whitney Houston's probably the best female vocalist of our generation, at least, and yeah. maybe of all time. I agree. you got to be able to fucking sing. I agree. Because ain't nobody, you know, all these other guys with Rocket Man and all them, they set the bar. They did. They were doing their own singing and shit. They so were. you can't just do a Whitney with lip syncing. No. you got to bring it. It's not possible. <laughs> okay. So funny. So funny. But, oh, some sad news, guys. Some sad Devastated news. by this one. Especially for all of us geeks out there. Uh, San Diego Comic-Con, biggest Comic-Con convention 
ever. Uh, twenty twenty canceled guys i hate that you know we finally make the move out to fucking california and then being the huge superhero geeks that we are they fucking cancel the biggest comic book convention ever bow in the one year that we could have probably gone no i know and this is the first time it's ever been canceled uh since its start in 1973 yeah and you guys know i mean yeah it's been around since 1973 right kind of one of those everybody in the closet kind of oh you're going to a comic book convention geek but over the last 10 15 years this thing has turned into super mega worldwide phenomena yeah and the studios know it they go there specifically to launch their superhero movies and to bring out their kind of stuff so this is a devastating loss to be able to promote what's going on I agree. um with with the upcoming disney plus marvel shows with wonder woman 1984 with venom 2 like all this stuff you would have seen panels there promoting the shit out of that yeah not gonna happen not gonna happen guys not gonna happen mm. something else that's kind of weird that sucks it's weird i don't even know how i feel about it um a rod and j-lo yeah (laughs) why like what why not trying to get a stake in the yankees maybe because they don't like you anymore a-rod but they are gonna try to get a stake in the new york mets nobody likes the mets no no okay first of all you're right a-rod played for the fucking yankees and Jenny's from the block. Right, like... Okay, you're from the Bronx, bitch. That's Yankees. Why are y'all <laughs> trying to buy the Mets? Like, what the fuck? Yeah, that, this is why it'll fail. Exactly. Because you're a Yankee and she's from the Bronx. No way you're getting the fucking Mets. I'm no. just saying... Okay. Just saying. Just and another saying. reason it might fail is because the price tag that they're asking for is $2.6 billion, And A-Rod and J-Lo's combined... Not this J-Lo. No, not this J Lo. We'd be rolling in some fucking shit and making movies left and right, right. if this J Lo was worth. But their combined worth is only about seven hundred million dollars. Like, mm, that's about uh, I don't know, um, two point three billion short. Um, so you're not. You, they've teamed up with uh, J P Chase and and some some investment banks. Obviously, they're going to be like minority owners. Yeah, we've seen this before. You know, pro athletes become minority owners and and stuff like that, and it works out pretty successful. Yeah. But I, I, I know. The, the Yankees. I, exactly. But nobody's going to fucking buy no. the Yankees. I That's mean, never going to happen. They need so. to just call Jay-Z because this man already got to stake in the Brooklyn uh, – the Nets. Yeah, uh, the Nets, yeah. The fucking uh, basketball. So, I mean, you know, he's like a billionaire. So, just call him. Uh, maybe he would be a partner. Exactly. That'd be, that'd be, and that makes more sense because, you know, the, the, with the Nets and the Mets, that just makes more sense. Exactly. Okay? It just – it's a bad move. It is. It's a it bad is. move. I, lo- so, I love me some, some J-Lo. I love me some A-Rod, but this is a bad move. It is. It uh, is. Okay. Uh, something else that might be a bad move, because mm. it might not be time yet, guys. Georgia is talking about reopening some theaters next week. Uh, yeah, Governor Brian Kemp says the subject of specific social di- uh, distancing and sanitation mandates for theaters, private social clubs, and restaurant dine-in services will be allowed to reopen Monday, April 27th, and other businesses such as gyms no uh barbershops no hair salons no and nail salons no uh might be able to open on friday no no (laughs) no first of all this makes no sense because he announces this and then he follows through with that announcement by saying they're still gonna have to keep in place the social distancing guidelines which prohibits groups of more than 10 people of being together yeah so what the fuck are you going to do exactly have nine people in each theater watching a movie you're gonna limit watching a movie to nine people exactly and by the way you have to stay six feet apart so are you gonna put one person in each row like, I, what the fuck is worth opening up the theater for? You, you, 
if you're going to have nine people, no. say say you have a ten screen thing, right? That's ninety people for the you know for that you could possibly put in there exactly. at one time. You can't even pay for the fucking movie with ninety people. No. Makes like, no sense. Makes no sense, no. guys. It's not time. It's not ready to be back open yet and especially with like gyms people sweat and get all oh, their yeah, germs what the everywhere fuck, and like barbershops and nail salons and hair salons like people are up close and personal with you so i just think and this is a bad move. so many questions who's to blame you go to a movie in georgia and you get covid yeah. is it the movie theater that's responsible is it the state that's responsible or is it your dumbass for going that's exactly. responsible so many legal questions about all that it just does look we're in the entertainment industry, okay? We have suffered. I mean, our industry has taken a huge hit, and and we understand the strife of all these businesses being closed and the economic impact that it is having on people. We are right there with you, okay? We're we're struggling just like everybody else. But if you do this shit too soon, yeah, we're gonna be shut down again, again, and this time for maybe even a longer period. Exactly. They're already talking about a second wave of this virus coming in winter. Exactly. So, do you want to just shut down for the whole fucking year? Makes sense. We got to do this right, man. Exactly. I don't think that's right. I don't think it is either. But hopefully, everybody stays to themselves, like does individual things, and tries to stay home as much as possible, so we can get this thing Seriously. actually kicked and not just for the epidemic. Uh, economic uh exactly revamp. and regal don't charge me if you can go see a movie in georgia and i ain't in georgia i, I, I love regal unlimited i can't wait to be able to go back and see multiple movies all the time but do not fucking charge me my monthly subscription rate if i can't go see a movie because exactly. i ain't in georgia exactly still <laughs> didn't give me back my 20 dollars, bitch what the fuck You're just throwing that out there don't do us wrong because we love you don't do us wrong exactly. that's all i'm saying exactly Crazy things, crazy times, man. But uh, like we said at the top of the show, now it is time for our guest segment. We got the one and only James Dumont coming on for the third yes. time, talking about Tracksuit Charlie and Spencer Confidential and his role in The Banker on Apple TV+. Plus. Yes, I'm so excited for you guys to hear it. I, I mean, every time James comes on the show, we get a good response, right? People love James. He's so fan-friendly. You know, he teaches classes, he does all this kind of stuff, and he's really great for the up-and-comers. Yeah. So we're really excited. And again, this interview does not disappoint. No. He, he's <laughs> got a lot of stuff for the up-and-comers. He does. And a lot of other stuff. Exactly. His projects, politics, w- worldviews, just like all it. All of it. All of it. All of it. <laughs> Got no a doubt. lot of things to say. Got a lot of things to say. But man, it's going to be so good, so good. And here he is. James Dumont. Welcome inside the Crazy Ant Farm. Third time, man. Third time's a charm. It's yeah. Like third time on, uh, it's like you, it's you, me, Mark, and Pete. That's right, man. That's right. Well, we're always happy to have you on, man. Always one of our favorite people to talk to. Definitely. Always fun. And uh, congratulations, man. You got a couple of biggies out right now on the streamers. Good time. Good time in the quarantine life, right? Uh (laughs) Absolutely, bro. Like, I mean, it's a a quiet storm. I'm just kind of, you know, the the statistics came in and, and, and look. Spencer Confidential is a good movie. Oh, absolutely. Period. But the fact that people are hunkered down at home, they're watching it two, three, four times. Yeah. Yep. There was like some sort of figure of like, you know, 1.2 billion hours of watching. Of right. That one movie it was the most much watched content on all of the streaming yep. services. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, uh, Dude, you know, there's, there's people sometimes. Sometimes you get lucky. Sometimes, you know what I mean. 
Sometimes I, I, your timing is just like, and that, and then the banker, which went through a whole bunch of stuff of like trying to get released, and then the, the daughter comes out and accuses the son of the, who's got the rights to the story, the tall thing, and Apple pulls the plug, and we're like, you know, poised to be Oscar. Yep, then, yep. We, then we try to release it in the theaters, and we can't even get our full release in in order to be eligible for the Oscars. So now we're up on Apple. There's a possibility we may re-release it and, and, and make an Oscar run. I really hope Apple gets behind and does that because this movie is fantastic. It is. So, but so, my, thank you. I'm glad you watched it. So, and so I got two good ones, and then there's, you know, season one of Gemstones is all there for the picking. Absolutely, they really want man. entertainment, and they want to, they, they want to, if there's not enough hypocrisy happening on their uh, local news right now and in the White House and press briefings, if they're looking for some more entertainment and humor, <laughs> uh, uh, if they need a real breakaway and they want to really see how hypocrisy works at the highest levels uh, with a, with a, with a, with a tax-free family, a tax-free uh, faith, um, the Righteous Gemstones is on HBO. I, mean, I haven't really pushed that to everybody because... I'm. Uh, I don't. I don't want to drive. I don't want to have anybody hate me. Right. <laughs> kind of like they're like, dude. We get it. You got a lot of good stuff going right. on. Right, like, dude, I man. I'm like, yep. I know, but I'm like a kid. I'm so excited. I've been, I'm a 30 year overnight sensation. I've been doing this for like 30 years. Right. And it's like finally, I'm in a movie that people are paying attention to. I, my sister went with me to the premiere. I, I, she lives in Los Angeles, and I stay with her when I'm going to work or I'm going to audition or something. And uh, I, you know, I come in for you know for the Oscars and the Emmys and the Golden Globes, and you know, I keep wanting to invite her to things, but it never kind of works out. Well, finally, the premiere of Spencer Confidential happens. Right. I bring her to the premiere, and she meets everybody. And Peter Berg and her like totally hit it off because they like to travel. And, and then I introduce her to Mark, and it's like. I introduced her to that number 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 two guy in Netflix. I mean, this is a good night for her. Right? Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> this is huge. This is she, huge. She turned to me at the end of the thing, and she's like, James, I've watched all your movies. But she's like, people are going to remember Tracksuit Charlie. Yeah. Like, oh, this my gosh. Yeah, this for is sure. the role that people are going to talk about, like you've been looking for. And it's so weird, because I went to the Mile 22 premiere a while back, mm-hmm. and I knew that they were doing this movie called Wonderland, Right, and I go, I go to, I go to the premiere. My friend Sam Medina was in it. I say hello to him. I say hi to Pete. I say hi to Mark. I'm here to support the movie, and I auditioned for it, but they went to Terry Kinney. So, I, I went and supported. I go to the after party, and then Peter Berg just kind of stares at me, oh. long, <laughs> like, 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 like long staring me down, and he's like, "Call me tomorrow. I, I, I got something for you in the next one." He knew at that moment. That I was tracksuit Charlie. Absolutely, he knew because he, he's like, I got something for you. And he goes, bad guy. He goes, you're a bad guy. And I go, what? He goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Trust me, I got, yeah, yeah, I, I got something for you. And I was like, okay, you know. And then I like went through all this whole crazy rigmarole. It's like he has a cell phone number. I lost the number. I had to like wait two hours to talk to him to get the number again. And then he doesn't have a voicemail on it. And oh then shit! I mean, it's just craziness, yeah. you know. But but then the offer comes, and then I meet with Virginia Johnson, who's the costume designer. I mean, when you get a great costume designer, let me let me give a kudos out to the costume designers. When you have an amazing, and I've had amazing ones. I've had Oscar winner Ruth Carter, who did you know uh, Black Panther and right. other movies. She did the, the Butler for me, and so you know I I get amazing ones. Daniel Orlandi, I get uh, Trumbo. I get amazing costume designers. 
when you get an amazing costume designer, half your job is over. <laughs> as an actor. That's so true. Look, and nobody. When you're through Charlie, when your tracksuit Charlie and the end tracksuit is the is the kill bill. Oh yeah, and right. Your car and your car matches your tracksuit. Yeah, you, you, you can you you can you can speak Chinese and it wouldn't matter. Right, <laughs> like that's the character <laughs> right there. Exactly, it's that's iconic, man. It's I, nobody is going to forget tracksuit Charlie. There's no way. No, I mean I've already watched this thing like twice, and I'm ready to watch it a third time again Absolutely. after talking to you. <laughs> Love it, man. Love it. I'm so, thank you very much for that. I appreciate it. I don't know how those residuals are going to work on Netflix, um, but I, I every every time somebody's watching, it puts a roof over my kid's head. It puts my kids in college, and uh, and we get to eat in this time period. So I I am. It's very simple. Uh, you want to you want to help. You, everybody needs binge watching, and we're here for you. But watch more, and that just works out for everybody. It's a it's a it's a the supply and demand. Absolutely. Sure. Well, and, um, and it's such great source material. I mean, anybody that's familiar with the novels and the books or, or even the TV series back in the day, you oh, know, dude. with old Bob Urich and, and Avery Brooks, man, right, I was yeah. a huge fan there. So, and the movie I is... I Spencer. I try to get on the show. I try, I have my fag card. I was in Boston at college. I'm trying to get on the show. I try to get on the show. Mostly yeah. and everything. Yeah. Oh, so, I mean, like, I remember well. And the good thing is, dude, there's 22 of these books. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. The, the, the current deal right now it's a three picture deal, but there's 22 of these books, right? Man. And this one was such a hit, and they set it up because the second one already out of the gate. I mean, come on, absolutely, he's a slam dunk. Exactly. You know, exactly. there could be a Spencer Confidential movie like once a, once a year. Yep. Yep. For 20 years. And, and and Netflix has all the rights. They 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 grab the rights for all the old Spencer buyers, which are on Netflix. Yeah, oh, man. So, I mean, it's like this is a so. I, but uh, you know, the good news is you'll appreciate this. There was a draft. Like once I got cast, there was a draft that went out. I call it the death draft. Oh shit! <laughs> the, the, the grim the grim reaper draft. Well, the grim reaper. It ripped away almost every single line I had. It ripped out the whole scene of Mark putting my face into the into the footpath. Spoiler oh. alert! Um, and it, 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 it and I get I get the machete to the head. Oh. I get Oof. fucking you know I I get it. Not not um, Michael's character. So I Pete like said Pete says uh, a rewrite's coming out. Check your email. Uh, give me a call if you have any questions. And I'm like, I said it jokingly in an email because I was in a call and bother him. Right. I said, Pete, man, I'm thank you very much for this role. I'm just happy we're working together again. But what the fuck? <laughs> like, I got no dialogue here. I got I got nothing here. And then I get killed. I'm like, no Spencer Confident, no 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 Wonderland two for Trapsy Charlie. Right. <laughs> I was like, you said, you, I was like. I was like, dude, you set up this great character. I said, but then all, all the, all the good stuff is is, is gone. Yeah. And I, and I said it jokingly. I said, look, I'm just glad we're working together for a third time. This is fantastic. And I, so I said it jokingly, and he came back, and he's like, I'll call you right away, you know. And I was like, oh shit, okay. Right. And he calls me. He goes, no, 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 man. This is what we call a death draft. And I was like, what? He goes, well, we we strip away everything in order to figure out exactly what we strip it all down in order to figure out what we need. We're like stripping down the car. Mm -hmm. You know, what parts, what parts are most essential? He goes, 
no, no, all your stuff will go back in. I go, oh, okay. <laughs> like, fantastic. I was going like, to get the machete. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and I, I, mean, I, I mean, and now turning out, looking at the response to Tracksuit Charlie, I'm like, you can't fucking kill Tracksuit right, Charlie. Right, right. Like, like, no. in jail. No, and when Wahlberg let Post Malone be my 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 my, my roommate. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. And when I mean, come on, when Wahlberg flushes the head, man, that's that's one of the most I mean entertaining parts of the film, man. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. And you know, and my fun thing about that is what you know, I've worked with Mark before. This is my third time, and uh, and that day had been the I don't think it was the first day of shooting. It was somewhere in there. I hadn't seen him in a while, and so. Uh, but he, but I, dude, I, that was, you know, my stunt guy did the, the, the first drag was me, then a little bit of the, other, but then some of the heavier physical stuff for me, but dude, that's my face in there. Yeah. <laughs> I did, I was vertical. I got my legs all the way up vertical in there and I, I did at least 10 of those, maybe 15 oh, in the water. Oh, and in the thing, I was like, you know, Pete's like, you all right, James, you all right? I was like, I'm good. Give me a second, you know. And, and Mark turns to me and he goes, James, I'm going to turn you into an action star yet. That's right. <laughs> and he goes, this is how we're doing it. And I was like, well, I think there's better ways to do this, Mark, than have right? a face, uh, held in, in a foot bath with Rasta Phil's nasty, stinky eagle, you know, his, his, his feet, you know. But, uh, uh, but yeah, dude, if this is how you turn me into an action star, you know, like that's like I'm in. And if, <laughs> and if you, Mark Wahlberg, are going to turn me into an action star, I'm 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 down. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, that's that's job security for me, pal. <laughs> Absolutely, that's yeah. hilarious. Well, and okay, so Spencer Confidential, obviously, you know, most watched program on Netflix. It's been killing it for for a while since it came out, and then that's not enough, though. Like we saw, talked about at the beginning of the show, you got the banker on Apple. Yeah. So it, and it's um, doing huge, man. It's got like a great rating on Rotten Tomatoes. The fans are loving it, you know. And you did. Yeah. I'm glad you kind of brought it up because it did start with a little bit of controversy, and it did kind of go through some yeah, turbulence time, to get and seen, he's done man. Yeah. You know, what what yeah. happened 50 years ago has nothing to do with this movie other than you were trying to tell your story in right. your book about your father. Right. Who you asked who you asked three times for the life rights and he said no for mm-hmm. a reason. Yep. He gave it to his son. So whether somebody did or didn't do something, you know, why why soil your father's family and legacy? Let the story be told. Yeah. And it's told very, very well. I've seen many biopics. I've been in James Brown movies, uh, the Butler. These are considered biopics. You know, I mean, biopics could be very, very hard. And mm-hmm. family members come out of the woodwork and activate, and the people don't feel justified. But like, even with Green Book, people were saying from the, the you know Dr. Shirley's family are saying that's not accurate. Right. Yeah. It's like, look, I'm tell- I'm not telling your, your I'm telling my dad's story. My dad was the driver for this guy. Let yep. me tell that story. And that's the narrative. And what's, I mean, I, I cannot tell you enough. The performances in The Banker, if anybody is a Sam Jackson fan, that's some of the best work I've ever seen Sam Jackson do. Would have to, to agree. Me. Would have to agree. The entire because, cast is phenomenal, man. Oh, phenomenal. Nia Long, Nick Holt, everybody is in there. I, 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 that's some of the best work I've done. My, my, I have three major scenes, but the two big ones in the office are like, that's some of the best work I've done since Dallas Buyers Club, you know? Yeah. I, I mean, and given great material. And mind you, I did both of those scenes in a day. Wow. 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 Those, big, those big, long scenes yeah. with Nick, long scenes with Anthony Mackie. 
I did that all in one day. Shit. Well, and you, you know, that's, 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 that's three to four days of, of regular film work. Right. And we shot on film, which means it took longer because we had to move lights, and, you know, each different angle. But, uh, yeah. And, and I just, and Anthony Mackey, I mean, finally he's getting the do. It's a very difficult role to be the, you know, the, the stick up your ass guy that, right. that doesn't respond emotionally to anything. That's a very difficult arc to do. Yeah. And then, to, uh, and then for it to all really come into play at the last scene for him, you know, that's, that's not an easy performance to do for an actor, but I think Sam's work, Anthony's work, Nia's work, uh, Oscar worthy for sure. And even some of the supporting my fellow actors, the guy that runs the bank, Absolutely. That, you know, uh, runs this family bank, did a fucking amazing job. The guy, the guy, I mean, I just, that movie needs to get the kind of love. And, and I'm so glad because, you know, the director was like, you know, tell your friends and Rotten Tomatoes were getting killed. And the daughter was getting on IMDb and like slamming the movie oh, the was coming out. And I mean, the, her whole family was like, you know, creating the accounts on IMDb to make it look negative. And once the movie hit Apple and people are at home, I mean, you want to watch a really good, powerful story about a, a huge economic injustice, which, you know, again, we're seeing a byproduct of this. Yes. Redlining, yeah. still, redlining still exists. Yep. And I, I, I subscribe to the most, most a, a positive point of view in life, which is what if. And the what if here is, what if these two African-Americans were able to give other African-Americans loans in the Jim Crow South in the 50s? Mm-hmm. What if African-Americans were given the same economic prosperity and possibilities of running their businesses, owning their homes, helping other African-Americans, we would have an entirely different country. Absolutely. But these guys were stopped because, and my character says, look, you tell us how you did it. So no one, so we create laws so that no one can do what you did. Yep. So we can make sure that no one can ever have this, that African-Americans cannot have the same economic prosperity as everybody. And it, so the American dream is only for certain people. That's a, that's exactly that's right. A, that's a very provocative thing. Right now, we're seeing who runs America. You're absolutely right. Which is yeah. Which is People, why who runs America? People or corporations? Who dictates what America gets? What's best for America? Or what's best for corporations? That's it. And which is why films like this need to be seen. Exactly. You know, and need to be continued absolutely. to be made. Stories um, like this have to be told. But I mean, you got to say. Say you're a network. Say you're a studio executive, and I come pitch a movie about African Americans. First off, <laughs> and then let me let me have the let me really really kill the pitch. African Americans and the banking industry. Right now, there is <laughs> now there's an audience. Yeah, yeah. Not you know what I'm saying? Absolutely. How hard of a sell is it to put <laughs> to tell a story about the the inequities of of our financial system and banking? And using African Americans as main characters, and the Academy, hey Academy, stop talking about diversity. Right. You want a movie? You want a movie that's that's up and down the street filled with amazing African Americans? This is it. That that's you it. Got exactly. Three leads, you got three leads in here that are all African Americans. You got two leads that are supporting and Neil Long. You got Nick Holt, the supporting actor. All three doing great work. You want? Here's a, here's your movie. Right. You know this is this is our Green Book. Green Book is, you know, it's like, that's where it's happening on. And, uh, 
you know, the other thing is we premiered that movie at the uh, the premiere, which is the perfect place to do it, was at the uh, at the um, Civil Rights Museum, which is oh, wow. in in Memphis, Tennessee. Right. Yeah. It's at the Lorraine Hotel, where this was the where how the emotional part for me as a kid. I remember seeing the pictures of them, them pointing up to the upper balcony where mm-hmm. Martin Luther King was shot. Right. And I was in that. I went into the room, and I got to tell you something, man. That's a uh, that's a pretty amazing place. If anyone ever has an opportunity to go to the Civil Rights Museum in Memphis, Tennessee, go. Because that is part of our history. Definitely. Because as I said with this movie, let's talk about what if. What if Martin Luther King wasn't assassinated? Mm. What if his vision, what if his idea of, of, of equal, uh, equal for all, what if his idea of, of, of passive uh, uh, resistance, mm-hmm. nonviolence, what is his idea of economic prosperity for everyone? What if he didn't die? Right. <laughs> what if JFK didn't get killed? What if RFK didn't get killed? What if Martin Luther King, Malcolm X? You know, let's go down. You know, we go down the list. Right. What if these people didn't die? You know, what kind of world would we have? And what does it say? What does it say to pioneers like these guys in this two movie? What does it say to pioneers as those who try to, as I say in my scene? You know, you try to you're trying to change the status quo. What happens? You get killed. Yeah, yeah. You get assassinated. Yeah. So, so we we're all we're all uh, subjugated to not receive, receive our potential and give everybody that that all men are created equal. Right. So, I mean, I can't tell you this, and we're looking at how the, the huge inequities in this in our situation that we're in right now. You're absolutely right. You know? And well, and I kind I want to liken it to you, though we're because hold of on to medical supplies because we need to hold them on for us. Exactly you know who right. The us is? The right. Us is the U.S. Us is us. There is no us and them. There's exactly. Us. Exactly. There's the U.S. Well, so we need to hold it on for us. Oh my God. Right. Right. I mean, I want to you know, talk I'm to you though. Give help to the to the swing state so that I can win the election. Yeah. Wow, yeah. dude. I just wow. liken it, though, James. I want to talk to you because you, you brought up a good point, uh, you know, uh, diversity inside. The courage that it took to make this film, not only from the filmmaker side, but from the people that greenlit the project and said, okay, we're going to take a chance. We're going we're gonna to do – because I, I feel like it did. Courage is the right word. It took a lot of courage for everybody involved in this project to, to greenlight it, to get it in front of the cameras, and to get this thing out there because, like you said, you are trying to change. To Joel Vertel, the, the producer, he spent 25 years developing this project. Yeah, absolutely. He's, a, he's over 20 years. He's a 40-year-old man. Half his life was invested in trying to tell this story. And then for it to be stopped. And then I got to give it to Brad Thurston, who's the producer. One man wrote the check. He took the risk. Now, it's a good, it's a good risk when you have marquee Marvel international actors. Right, Overseas, right. it's a good risk. Overseas, those guys, Sam Jackson put bastards in the seat. Nick Holt put bastards in the seat. Anthony Matthew put bastards in the seat. But on the domestic level, three African American, you know, two African Americans in the lead, mm-hmm. and the third one being another Marvel person, you know, and an English actor, no less. Right. That's a good over. That's a good international sell. You know what I mean? Yeah. But a domestic sell, that's hard. And so I love that this is the. I love that 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 I'm seeing so much support. And every single time I turn around, I get on Instagram. There's people saying the banker, and there's two other actors on the show with, in the movie with us. And we are all going. Thank you for watching the movie. Please give it. Go to go to 
Fresh Tomatoes, please go to IMDb because if you really like the story and you think more stories like this should get people to think and have conversations about the bigger inequities in our society, whether they're African-American or not, but but they are. If we can have this conversation, we can create movies like this that sparks this kind of conversation that leads to potential change. Mm-hmm. But these movies got to get made. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, the only way they were told, they were the only way they were told, like you got to put some, you got to put some huge names in the lead roles that mean that mean something. Right, right. Well, Sam Jackson means something. Anthony Matthew means something. Nick Holt means something. Neil Long means something. Colin Meany in his great scene, he means something. You know what I mean? Absolutely. But, Absolutely. But, and Apple did the job. Apple found this movie and said, we get it. This is what we want to get behind. And I hope that they do right by this movie again. And they go and they do a re-release just in time for us, for us to be eligible for the Oscars. Yeah, that would because be nice. With all these movies, with movie theaters being shut down, there is no better time than right now to let this movie be, be give, give, give it its run. Exactly. Agreed. And this is the type of movie, man, that, that changes the status quo. Like you said, if we're going to see more diversity in the academy, if we're going to see more diversity in the industry, Prove these it. are the type of movies Stop that will change it. it. Prove it. Yep, exactly. Get behind, get behind a movie that has a predominantly African-American cast about a, a historically, you know, a true story about a, based on a true story about a predominantly African-American story. Tell that story. Yep. Agreed. And you're right. It's got to be hard. I mean, you know, George Nolte is white. The producer is white. The mm-hmm. producer, other producer is white. Editor, you know, we have an African American female screenwriter. One of them, you know. So it's like, you know, can can that's another thing is can can we tell other other stories of other cultures? Yes. Here's a perfect example of how it's done. Absolutely. You know, and and I think and I love how the African American community is getting behind this movie. And shocked in and in awe, like, why haven't more people supported this film? Yep. Well, get out there and support it. Exactly. Download it. Figure it out. You know, go to a friend. You know, you can get Apple TV Plus free for, like, I think it's free for a month or something. Like it that. is. And something like that. And then, after, then after that, it's, like, four I'm bucks not, a month. Like, Yeah. For four bucks a month, trust me, Apple's going to give you a lot of content. And if, if after this is all said and done in this thing, and this is what's going to happen, there's going to be another huge... Uphold on financial end yep. is it, it, you know it, it, just as there were the, the, the 20, 20 entertainment can, there used to be twenty major entertainment conglomerates mm-hmm. you know now there's now there's ten and after this there'll probably be five and who who's going to be the last man standing exactly, yeah, exactly. who has the most who, it'll be Netflix it'll definitely be Amazon because they have they, they have deeper pockets and they're they, they're not just in one vertical that's right. It'll definitely be Apple because they sell phones and computers. So, you know, everybody else that's not going to fall under those three, Gizo. Yep, yep. That's what's going to happen. Well, I tell you what, James, this is why... I love... No, I want to say this is why we enjoy having you on the show because whenever you come on the show, you you spark conversation, man. Definitely. You get you get people to talk, and that that's why your projects always spark spark people and conversation to talk, and, and that's why we enjoy having you, man. Because this is the kind Thanks, of man. stuff that people need to listen to. This is the kind of stuff that people need to be aware of and pay attention to and be out there pushing. And that's why we like to have you on the show because we we agree with you and we're all about getting the message out there and and. 
you know, as much as we love the entertainment industry, we love what it's about, what life is about, right and wrong, and trying to put that that hand out there and help people, man. And that's what your projects do. That's what we try to do with this show. And we're always thrilled to have you on, man. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. And you know, this is let's let's be let's be really real here about what's going on. Every, a lot of people are freaking out in my business. I, I started doing an on-camera workout, and I've been doing. I used to do it live in person in my studio in New Orleans, and then I would go to Boston or New York or LA when I'm working, or Charleston when I'm doing gemstones. Right. But now I've moved it on to I've moved it on to Zoom. So I have a Facebook page, James James Dumont's on-camera workout on Zoom, and now I'm doing Zoom sessions. And let me tell you something: a lot of people are freaked out, and they need. They, they need this kind of community that I've created where we can, where in this time period, rather than sitting down and being a couch potato and getting angry at CNN and all the things that are happening with the press conference, there are groups of artists who are gathering together in homes or doing Zoom sessions together and we're working on our craft. We're getting better. Yes. Why are we getting better? Because here's what the truth and the reality is. At this time that we're all locked indoors, People are ravenous for content. Entertain the value of entertainment. So I don't want to hear anybody giving me shit about being an actor and making a, uh, a, a very high-risk, difficult choice. Because right now, what are you doing, America? Or the world? The world is ravenous for, this, for, for creating content that makes them think, that makes, that makes them laugh, that makes them cry, that, makes, that entertains them, that lulls them from the realities of what's going on in this particular world. While the planet is healing from all the things that we've done to it, we get to go home and we can watch TV together and we can have dinner together and we can talk and and there's and, and we can share different movies. Peter Berg and his son are, are watching a hundred movies together, the top the best movies ever. They're having a father and son moment over the love of film. Yes. Because his son his son didn't want to be a cinematographer and Peter you know, it directs, and it's like he gets to share this moment with them. You know what I mean? That's so it, man. In terms of people freaking out, I have my publicist freaking out. I go, oh my God, the big people are going to go bankrupt and we're going to lose homes and restaurants. And I'm like, wait, wait, wait. Folks, you, you've binge watched how many, how many shows? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you need, you, when this is all said and done on the other side of this, you still need me. Exactly. You exactly. still need me to, and, and, and when, you, when you call, I want to be ready. I want to have my work be so profoundly inspiring and make you laugh your ass off and make you cry and make you think and make you pissed off as you are dealing with the realities of life. I want, I, I'm in. I'm all in on this. Absolutely. So in this time period, while everybody's freaking out and wondering and the worry and fear and all that stuff, and I... And I, if I watch 10 minutes of a press conference, I'm, I'm going insane. You know what I mean? Yep. I'm not involved. I that's not something I can control. What I can control and handle is my ability to be able to give and give and share love and knowledge. And that's what I'm doing in this time period. Absolutely. I'm totally focused on sharing my 30 years of experience, 14 years of on-camera work, thousands of audition experiences that I've blown that you don't have to. And I, and I got about a hundred people now all over the country that are like, I, I could be teaching seven days a week. I have to take a break now. You Dude, know? that's fantastic, man. Five, five, I'm doing five Zoom sessions a week and, and it's never going to, they just keep coming. It's just me. So now I have to add an assistant to help me out just to organize it. But my point is, is that when all this is said and done, 
people are going to remember this time that they watched that movie together or they shared this thing or right. that they, they, they sat down to the dinner table and they laughed at this one thing or they were entertained from the realities of having to wear a mask and gloves. I'm about to go to the grocery store today. I have to fucking, you know, wear a full, I'm not, you know, anything that doesn't touch my skin, I have to. Because in New Orleans, we have the highest death rate in the country. So right. I have to pretend and act like every single person you know, is a potential, you know, that has it. I have to act that way. It's a terrible way to live. It is. It's it like, is. I, I, and here's my big phrase. I never thought that the concept of fear of the walking dead, <laughs> you know, fear of the walking dead, it, it's not, a, it's not a TV show. It's a way of life. It right? is. Right? Like, it it is. is. I am fear of these people are walking dead. They potentially could give it to me. So it's not a TV show. It's a fucking way of life right now. It is. And luckily we've, we've reached our peak, I believe. And, and now we're, we're starting to flatten the curve because the governor has been insistent, unlike Mississippi, you know, like, you know. Right. The other states around us have not been more diligent about this. Um, but we're about to flatten our curve. We have reached our apex on April 3rd. So we're... we're once you pick your apex like a week later, my point is this, is at the end of all this, people are going to need entertainment. They're they going to need content. They're going to need, they, they just watched a whole bunch of it. Just It just helped them to get through. Just like music helps you to get through. Just like books and plays help us to get through life. Yep. yep. Art is important. Art is a valuable. How do I know it? because it, it just got you through one of the most horrific things our country has ever had to deal with. That's Period. absolutely right, man. I can't think of a better way to end it than right there, James, because that, that's the message we want to put out there, that in the end exactly. we're all going to be okay. We got through it. Art helped fine. us get through it, and we're going to be fine because of people like yourself and the people in the industry that Thank are doing you. what they're doing, man. So Doing you, what you can do. Do what you can do. Yep. Exactly. Don't worry about the things you can't control. That's what it. Can I, what can I do today? I That's can have it, my man. own little world peace in my own little community, in my own little household, in my own little, and I can bring that out when I do go out. That's you know? it. That's it. Well, listen, man, thanks so much for coming on the show and talking to us and sparking Absolutely, some conversation, man, man and getting it Love out it. there. And, of course, we're going to direct everybody to all the social media sites, and we're going to we're gonna send them your way on the Facebook thanks, page, man. man. And as Love always, it. dude, open invite, man. Whenever you want to come talk, just holler at us, bro. Done. Uh, and I hopefully have and I have a lot of stuff in the can that we can talk about, but uh, I can't talk about right now. But so I, I have lots of cool stuff going on, and we're going to start second season of Gemstones. It, it looks like middle of May, but it looks like we're probably I would my guess is probably early to middle June. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I've read the first six episodes, man. And if you guys like season one of Gemstones, bro, it, this is a this is a five year show, dude. Right fantastic. Now. We we have. What, what Danny McBride has built with this entire ensemble and the writers is, is a five-year franchise that no one's ever going to forget. And there's nothing like it on TV. No. There's nothing no. like Gemstone. Definitely It not. is not stolen from any particular thing. In fact, people are going to start stealing shit from us. But there's nothing like it. And, it, and, it, and this next season, the writing is so good. I can't wait to get in there. Well, yeah, definitely. Yeah. My son included. Both of myself. Uh, there you go. We'll have to have you back on and talk about it, dude, when it hits, man. Of course. Done. Fantastic. All right, All right, right, man. You have talk a great day now. See ya. All right. Thank you. Yep. No problem. Bye-bye. Bye.
man, that was epic. He's definitely a talker. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah, but he's so passionate exactly. about what he does. It's hard to stop somebody talking when they're so passionate about what they do. Exactly. And he's definitely got his head in the right place, you know, and, and you can't argue. Art yeah. does always get people through. Exactly. You and know? I mean, especially in this quarantine, uh, Righteous Gemstones is on my list to watch. Yeah. Because def- it, I mean, it hurt. It's great. And then plus what he just said about season two going to be even better. So definitely. definitely. And, you know, let's let the reason the entertainment industry has been around for as long as it's been around because like i thought he brought up the right words right it is your escape from reality yeah and it tends to always be more important when reality is in really bad shape exactly so you know kudos to him man definitely definitely thank you again james dumont for coming on the show all right, now it is time for our top five segment. Like we tease on the state of the company address, it is top five vacation destinations. Yes, I'm excited about this one. First of all, huge shout out to Rachel Dean, yeah. our current number one fan. Seriously, number one fan. She is so awesome. Guys, you should follow her on social media if you're not following her. For sure. But uh, this was her idea: vacation destinations that you wish you could go to. Yeah. Once COVID is over, obviously, because you ain't going shit now. No. But this is even more so. So this was a hard one. Like I said on the state of the company address, my number one has always been my number one. Yeah. And until I get there, will always be my number yeah. one. But it was hard to fill it out, man. Yeah, I think it's been the same for my number one as well. I've always just been a huge fan of this destination, and it's just oh, I want to go. So bad right soon enough soon enough yes uh but my number five is cape town south africa Mm. i've got a few vloggers that i've subscribed to on youtube that live there and go travel back and forth between cape town and like new york and los angeles and things like that and like uh, Casey Neistat's wife is originally from there, and it just looks absolutely gorgeous. Really laid back surfer town. No one cares about anything. Everybody's super friendly. Like it just looks like an epic destination tourist spot that you can go and just have a good time with your family. And plus, everybody knows I'm a photographer, so I would love to go take pictures there at the beach. Like and love to surf there because it epic waves. I hear. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, it is gorgeous. Yeah. Anytime you see a picture from it, anytime you see a locale, somebody shoots something there, it's, yeah. it's absolutely beautiful. So, definite. Um, I have never been to Europe. So I definitely want to try to get to Europe. So a few of mine on my list are European, obviously. And number five for me, Rome. Yeah. Rome, Italy. I just want to see the Colosseum. That'd be badass. I mean, there's so much epic shit in Rome, but the Colosseum, like, come on now. I know. <laughs> it's just, like you said, beautiful spot for photography, beautiful spot for tourism, you know, all the kinds of stuff that you can do in Italy. I mean, uh, just the food. Mm. So good. But the for me, it's it's the epicness of the Coliseum. Yeah. I want to get there and see that, man. For sure. For sure. Well, my number four is Berlin, Germany. Mm. Just to go there and to, like, experience all the history that happened there, like, with just every crazy thing that happened in the book uh and then plus i hear it's a very like awesome tourist destination and i maybe a little piece of the wall might still yeah be i mean to like, just to stand where the wall once was because yeah. they still have the line you know exactly. to signify where it was that would be epic exactly. and frank's diary the attic and yeah. like there's so many things in in germany to do um, that would be epic, dude. Berlin would be fantastic. Agreed. Agreed. Um, again, I'm staying in Europe. Uh, you're staying in Europe. Yeah. Um, Paris. Yeah. I mean, the Eiffel Tower. You know, you know what first made me want to go to Paris? Mm. I'm not even going to lie to you. Anybody who knows me, geek, 
Geek Superman 2, <laughs> when Superman is saving her from the Eiffel Tower and the elevator starts to fall, and he's like, and so I just, funny. I'm like, damn, I want to go there. Yeah. Eiffel Tower, man. It's the same reason I wanted to go to Niagara Falls. It's like Superman <laughs> is the history behind so many of my things, man. Yeah, so but all kidding aside, the city of love, I mean, come on, man. Yeah. And Paris, you little boat rides and like all the stuff that you could exactly. do in Paris would be epic exactly. right exactly that's why i would want to go to italy to see the streets of water yes like, dude epic. man oh my gosh so so epic that whole little and the great thing is is y- y- you know it's all within a train ride. Yeah, you know, exactly. Europe is all kind of condensed. You can go to you know London and and, and Germany and and Italy and all these train rides, man. It's exactly. like all in this little area. How awesome would that be? So cool, man. So freaking cool. Uh, my number three staying over here in North America is Vancouver, Canada. Mm. Oh goodness, I mean, obviously filmmakers here, filmmakers. So we would Definite. love to go just see everything that is available to shoot there. And I mean, honestly. I wouldn't be past moving to Canada, honest. When I settle down, I would love to move to Canada because things here are getting a little crazy. I got to tell you, I got, I got to tell you, Vancouver would be epic. Uh, I have been to Niagara Falls on the Buffalo side, on the New York side, um, and just to see it across the way, it, it, I just wanted to cross so bad, cross the bridge and go over there, and. Thousand Islands, New York, yeah, up by Waterloo and stuff, right by the Canadian border. That whole area of Canada. I mean, obviously, I'm on the other side, the east side, and Vancouver's on the west side. But just Canada in general, it's beautiful. Yeah, I would definitely love like to it. go there. I'm with you on that. You say Vancouver, I'm saying Toronto, and like yeah. all that. All just anywhere in Canada would be epic. I'm. May have been in there illegally for like yeah, you know. half a second or so. Just a <laughs> man, I got a U turn. Oh shit. Whoops. Oh, yeah, but you know. <laughs> so I'm with you though. Canada would be epic, bro. Hell yeah. Um, Number three for me. You had one of my heritage, Germany, Berlin. Yeah. Now I'm going the other, London, England. Yeah. I would love to go to London. Um, just to experience it, you know, I mean, we've got some relatives, little Cam's got some relatives that, that live there and they say all the time about how awesome, you know, England is and London in general. Um, you see it all the time in movies. It's a beautiful place again for photography or filmmaking, obviously. Um, I just, I want to, I want to see if the mouth can crack one of them guards at Buckingham Palace. I just, I want to walk up there and I just want to talk and not stop until that motherfucker cracks. (laughs) Like I'm betting my money's on me. I can get him to crack. I'm just saying. So funny. So I just want to go to London for that. Goodness gracious. But like you said, the history with Big Ben and, you know, the two clocks and and like the palaces. And I mean, obviously there's so much there to see. Yeah, there's so much, man. So much. My number two is Amsterdam, Netherlands. Basically, Ooh. anywhere in the Netherlands is an amazing like nature photography spots. They got waterfalls. They also have streets of water that you could see and just so many communities there that just would be epic to freaking – it would be a photographer's dream. Honestly. It would be. I would like orgasmic jizz to freaking go to North <laughs> Netherlands. Does that happen in the shower? With <laughs> no, whatever. Quibby. Quibby. Hey, no, no. I'm just saying there's a lot happening in the shower, man. And now it's like travel destinations. I don't know. If Quibby puts out a travel destination show, I'm done. I'm, I, I just, I don't even know. Um, 
Number two for me, I'd like to go down under, eh? Yeah. Sydney, Australia. Yeah, same. Who doesn't want to go there? I mean, it's absolutely, like you said, the fucking beaches, the, the water, the theater, the opera house, just like so much shit going on in Sydney. I want a Vegemite sandwich, uh, just like so much shit. Anywhere that produces fucking Hugh Jackman yeah. and, and Chris Hemsworth has got to be good. Just saying. I'm just saying. Nicole Kidman, there's a lot yeah. of fucking Aussies that are pretty fucking awesome. Exactly. So who wouldn't want to go there? Exactly. Just saying. Uh, crikey. Down Under. Like, yeah. there's just so many. Crocodile right Dundee. I mean, uh, there's just so many. So good, man. So good. My number one is Madrid, Spain. Mm. I am a huge fan of Real Madrid professional football um, and just the culture, man. The culture and it's basically California for Europe. I mean, it's hot all the time, and it's just amazing <laughs> he weather. He just did a spot. He just did a tourism Heck, spot. Yeah. It's a California yeah. for Europe. <laughs> you know, you know, but it's so good, man. It's so good. Spain, that's my heritage. I'm a little bit Hispanic, so I would love to go back. Not go back. Go there for the first time and just visit where everything happens, man. It looks so beautiful. It so does. Beautiful. I, I, I'm, I'm totally down with that. Spain would be awesome. Um, yeah, I, I like that. That's like California for Europe. Okay. Um, <laughs> Kyoto, Japan yeah. for me is number one. Kyoto, Japan. Um, I, anybody who knows me for a long time, I mean, I'm just huge into the Oriental culture, J- Japan, China, all of it. I mean, China, too, it was close. It was between Kyoto and then obviously China with the Great Wall and everything. That would have been awesome, That'd too. Been but epic. Kyoto, Japan, specifically because there are a ton of the the ancient uh, palaces yeah. from from the dynasties uh, 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 that, that led Japan back in the day. And um, that's what I really want to see. I'm sure Tokyo is great. I'm sure all the modern technology. But I want to see the old school palaces yeah. um the the cherry blossom trees you know if you don't know what i'm talking about just watch the last samurai with tom cruise you know and look at the scenery in that film and you'll be like fuck yeah i want to go there um so kyoto japan man i just i i think i could live there yeah i still need to watch that too i heard it's really good oh my the you really you haven't oh my god dude ken wantatabi is so fucking badass i mean uh, the, the the heritage in that movie and just like the the honor and the code and the whole kind of like I mean, this is a bitter enemy, but yeah. he treats him with utmost respect because that's what they do back yeah. in feudal Japan. And like just, oh my God, yeah, we're going to have to watch that together. Uh, like, I mean, so good. You'll have to muzzle me, but uh, I mean, like seriously, it's so good, dude. It's on Netflix, so I mean, you know. Ken, oh. Ken Watatabi, like before he did Dark Knight, yeah. you know, before he did Batman Begins, sorry. Yeah. Um, just, he just blew me away in that film, yeah. dude. Like he was brilliant. Yeah. I just, I can't believe you haven't seen it. Gonna have to check it out. Gonna have to check it out. <laughs> but what are your top five vacation destination spots? We want to know. Be sure to like and subscribe to this video and our YouTube channel and leave a comment wherever you're watching this video because we want to know your top five vacation destinations. We do. Or wherever you just want to go. I mean, there's so many places around the world. We've got endless amounts of space so please it's true we were heavily european or foreign but there's so many great places in america we've been we've been fortunate enough with crazy ant to be able to travel all across the country and everything fuck if you've never been to new mexico or santa fe they're beautiful spots there tell us it doesn't have to be foreign tell us where you want to go in america exactly Exactly. after covid after covid (laughs) stay home 
Stay safe. That's right. Uh, but great top five segment. Great top five segment. Uh, now it is time for IMDb Pro's top trending segment. Yes. We love this app. Literally, we fill industry news every single week through this app. It's such a great product. Only $19.99 a month. Oh, my goodness. You get so much information. Like, one-stop shop for entertainment industry information. Like, agents, publicists, managers, anything like that. Yes. You can get it here. And kudos to IMDb Pro slash Amazon for knocking this month off with the with the 1999 i mean that that's awesome right yeah, it's a epic. huge company amazon's killing it with slaying with money so they they give back you know exactly so. exactly but the top trending movie this week jt uh trolls world world tour which is apparently doing really well and uh it was like-minded and onward with the criticism of mm-hmm. The wizardry and voodoo and blah, blah, blah. Just watch the movie. Just watch the fucking movie. It's a kid's movie. It's lighthearted. It's supposed to just be entertaining. Don't think too much into it. Jesus Christ. Wow. wow. Back to trolls. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But kudos to y'all. I mean, it looks really freaking good. It really does. And I think JT mentioned something like he's just going to keep making troll movies because there's a ton of stuff. I mean, you know, family entertainment will never go away. No, for sure. So, and you know, when you're as gifted as he is and you can just keep putting stuff out there good for him man seriously seriously uh top trending tv show netflix money heist yes uh, this one's rocking and rolling still need to watch it to be honest with you yeah i haven't seen this one either I mean, what the queue is packed man I I, a lot of shit so much. um but yeah definitely have to check this one out i mean it, it sounds like it's really good and people are talking about it so agreed agreed and still the top trending star over the past couple of weeks julia gardner just yes. killing it i would love to have her on the show she would be epic to have on the show bro because yeah. she is a phenomenal phenomenally talented young woman who i mean she's just slaying it right now in yeah, hollywood agreed. so she would she would definitely be fun to talk to agreed agreed but anyway guys thank you so much for getting a little crazy on episode 110 of inside the crazy <laughs> no oh no oh no, uh, 110 of inside the there's crazy only one oh bro <laughs> Uh, Oprah. That's, That's right. right. Uh, but thank you again, James Dumont, for coming on the show and getting a little crazy with us talking about your popular roles right now. Even though you've been in the game for so long, you're on top of the world right now. Man. He is, man. So he is just congratulations awesome. to that. Uh, be sure to follow him on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, James K. Dumont on Instagram and James Dumont on Twitter, I believe. I, I think that's flipped. It, is it? Yep. Okay. James K. Dumont on Twitter, James Dumont on Instagram. Okay, wherever you find him, he'll pop <laughs> Just up. Just fucking type in James Dumont, he'll come up. He'll pop up. In the yellow tracksuit. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Be sure to follow us on social media, at Crazy Ant Media, anywhere you're on social media. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Reddit, Pinterest, YouTube, all those good places. Pinners. Yes, yes. And be sure to subscribe to this podcast anywhere you listen to your podcasts. Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play Music, iHeartRadio, watch us on YouTube, and so many more. It's true. And, of course, be sure to visit our website, crazyantmedia.com, for the latest and greatest Crazy Ant Media gear. We got some great shit for you to buy. We got shirts, hats, bags, anything you need, and we have the locale and the inside scoop on those boxers. That's right. Get your ants in the pants, man. Yes. Come get crazy with us. And, I mean, just appreciate everybody. And, I mean, it's really been so fun. It's crazy that it's been 110 episodes. It has been insane. Yeah. 110 episodes of just – I don't know how to describe it. I can't even put into words how fun 
this is every week when I we know. do it. I, know. I mean, it's our passion. The entertainment industry is our passion. Yeah. So not, not just to work in it, but to actually talk about it and be around it and be involved in it and like all this kind of stuff. And to have this platform to where we can just talk about what we love every week is, I mean, it's been great for the two years, man. Yeah, honestly, honestly. I got to say my favorite section of the show probably was Warner Media, everything about like what's going on there with the, the Batman, the prequels to everything like that, and of course Friends. Of yeah, course. of course. How could it I not? Mean, you know. <laughs> How could it not be Friends, right? Um, my favorite part of the show was Disney reclaiming the throne from Netflix. Just, I'm kidding. That's not my favorite part of the show, but it was pretty good. Yeah, because you know I I I love Disney. Yes, and you know, yeah. But it's okay. It's all right. No, I think I think just my favorite part of the show, honestly, is um, when we were talking about the biopics and and like what's coming up with Whitney Houston and everything. Yeah. I just feel like. Like I said, I was a huge fan of Whitney. Yeah. Um, one of my first concerts, I got to see her in New Orleans, oh, wow. and it was pretty epic. Yeah. Um, and just literally the hair stood up on my arms <laughs> when she was hitting the notes for, yeah. like, Greatest Love of All or whatever. I just – it was mind-blowing. So um, and I just feel like as of late, like like I said, that stupid holographic tour, like, you know, I just felt like she hasn't been given the proper send-off or, or respect that yeah. she deserves. And uh, I think this is going to do it. I think Clive Davis is going to rebound. So I, that was my favorite part of the show, talking about that. And hopefully they get that right and do her right. You know? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, you know who does everything right. Oh, constantly the only O that matters, exactly. right? Exactly. Oprah!